Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Dialogue Options Podcast with your ever-faithful hosts, Joel McDonald. That is me, and as always, my very, very good friend and co-host, Kyra Morrison. How are you doing good, sir? Uh, pretty good, actually. It's, yeah? it's a good time. Yep. Yeah, it is a good time. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that shortly. But uh, yeah, it's been a good time. Um, so uh, yeah, how's your week been since we uh, last uh, recorded? Tell you what, it's had a nice Australia day just sitting in a pool all day, so that helps. <laughs> oh, nice, cool. I but, uh, I worked, and then uh, well. I I worked. I went and bought some games, and then I came home, and then I played said games. That's that was nice. my that was my Australia day, which was good. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, oh, I, I did. I can finally really. Dig into games from tomorrow, thank God. <laughs> hey, yeah, I, I I have to work tomorrow, and then I'm going to see Mary and the Witch's Flower with our uh, uh, our good friend of the show and, and good friend in general, uh, Mr. Broad Cortez. We'll hear from him later in the episode. Uh, but yeah, so I'm going to go see that tomorrow with him and his, uh, and his uh, girlfriend and my wife and I, and it should be fun. But we've got a lot to talk about today, uh, so I think we should jump straight into it. It's been a busy week, both mm-hmm. in what we've been playing and what the news has been doing. Yeah, there's been a couple, a couple of, really, of big stories. <laughs> yeah, really big stories. Um, like yeah, good and bad. Uh, and I, I, quite a lot of good releases and uh, games that I, I personally have been catching up on. So, um, cool. All right. Do you want to kick off? Do you want me to kick off? Uh, look, I'll kick off because the game. I I played two games. One of mm-hmm. them. We will dig into again for like the third or fourth or fifth, whatever time. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the game I've been predominantly playing on my own is it's as a part of a current PSN sale. Okay. And if you haven't played it, I recommend checking it out, especially if if you're willing to indulge in visual novels and simple, not always necessarily super simple, but easy to grasp escape room like puzzle games. Yeah. And that is uh, Venonary Games. Which awesome. is a compilation game. It contains nine 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 from the Nintendo DS, I think. I think so. Yeah. And Virtue's Last Reward, which was three DS and Vita. Mm-hmm. I had played Virtue's Last Reward, but I hadn't played nine 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 all the way through. So that's where I've started. Okay. Uh, it's really good so far. I I don't have much of a memory of my original playthrough because it was <laughs> it was a long time ago, and I'm pretty sure I may not have been playing it on the level if that makes sense if everyone remembers right. the ds days maybe yep yep it, <laughs> not, I mean, not, not... It's, it's probably good that you've forgotten it as well like to come into it again with fresh oh, eyes yeah. yeah absolutely yeah, blessing in disguise and i'm pretty sure it's been updated in a lot of ways like i'm pretty sure the voice acting is new it definitely sounds better okay uh there's been improvements to like the character artwork and all that not massive ones there's still some times where you can tell that this was on a handheld and they've sort of just touched up a little bit more for like right. to be on a big screen yeah but it looks it does look nicer and yeah the, the way it, you can now choose between a more classical visual novel style where it's a lot more text-based or an adventure style which is sort of what the series became with text boxes full voices for a lot of the dialogue and like character art sometimes animated in the background okay cool and so like again i don't remember how much of that was in 999 but definitely there's been updated for the ps4 version uh, I'm very early on in, but mm-hmm. yeah, it does. It is the missing link in my experience in that trilogy, so I'm pretty keen to get into it. Yeah, uh, it is. It does follow the same sort of gameplay style. If I've, I think I've mentioned it 
the other, how they sort of work in the past. Essentially, sure. you play through scenarios, and then you'll have to make choices, and then that forks the story. And the idea is you play all the way through to an ending, and then you can go back to the fork and maybe go, huh, what happens if I go this way? And sort of go down that path, and it, it just branches out more down the line. And from, from, and, what I, from what I understand as well, like, you know, you can go back with knowledge of what you got from that specific ending and know, well, I know that now, that's going to help me with this part here and sort of push yeah, it in de- that direction. that's definitely the case in Virtue's Last Reward and right, okay. Zero Time Dilemma. I'm not sure about this one. It probably will be. Okay. I think it was specifically the case in those two because of what the story was about. Okay. Without spoiling it in case you want to play it. Like, what the, what the characters, what they were trying to do with the characters in the overall like scheme of those games. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if it's the same deal in this one, but I assume it probably will be just because it would make sense if that was a running theme through the trilogy. Yeah. It seems to be like but, it's, it's, it's gimmick almost, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And it's done well though in those other games. So I'm hoping it will be in this if it happens. Yep. Uh, but so far the, the puzzles haven't been too complicated. They've sort of just been simple enough to make you go, aha, when you figure it out. What I will <laughs> say is, you can tell this game would be better played with a touchscreen because obviously you are uh, moving the a cursor across the screen to sort of tap on stuff, and that of would be easier on a touchscreen. But they do a good enough job of making it work with the, dual, the DualShock with the joystick and all that. It's just sometimes you might accidentally click on the wrong thing because you held the stick too long, whereas it's a stylus that, would give you much more precise control. It's that classic, like, uh, using uh, thumbsticks as mouse pointers essentially yeah yeah exactly it's never ideal but it, it gets the job done and like yep. again none of the puzzles are really super dependent on pinpoint accuracy which is good yep so yeah it's not a not a huge downside as far as story goes again very early still sort of piecing it together but the scenario that you are presented with at the start is essentially nine people have been sealed on a ship by a dude called zero who essentially is sort of like an imitation jigsaw if you okay. will. Right. Uh, he has te- he's kidnapped them all, as far as I know. Usually there's a twist down the line where you go, whoa, what is this about? But that hasn't <laughs> happened yet. So currently okay. they've just been kidnapped by Zero. Okay. And the goal is they've got essentially nine hours because obviously the game is 999. So it's yep. nine people, nine hours, and their goal is to get to the door that says number nine. Pretty self-explanatory right. in the long run. It's just how you... So there are doors that have numbers on them. And every character has a wrist watch attached to their hands. And essentially they've all got numbers ranging from one to nine. So where it sort of, the games each have their own little weird quirks. And this one is essentially to go through numbered doors, you have to do a thing called the digital route, which okay. is where you add up the sum of your numbers. So say it was like one, three, and two. So okay. it'd be one plus three plus two. Yep. And the number you get from that is the digital root. If it's a double digit number, you would add those two numbers again to get a single digit, and then that would be the digital root. So there's a calculator in game if you want to deal with all that crap, but okay, it's cool. pretty easy and never really stressful, so it's all good. But that's the game's gimmick for going through doors and basically progressing the story. And it sort of explains how you funnel characters down into smaller groups as well, which is, again, there's always a way to do it, and that's how this one does it. Okay, cool. And it's like a classic, like, I guess, like horror, you know, psychological torture kind of thing where it's, yeah. you know, having like the group separated for some reason. That that That's a staple in those sorts of things. 
Exactly. And the other rule is basically you can't go through doors with groups. I think it has to be groups of three or five, essentially. Okay. And if one person goes, if one person goes, like scans their wrist, what their bracelet at the door, they have to go in and they have to sort of participate. An early scenario, it's not really spoilers, but I guess if you are worried this might ruin the game for you, it happens in the first hour or so. Okay. I was a character who thinks he's got it all figured out and he. He commands three people to scan their things at the door, and then he runs through on his own, and the door shuts, and he starts screaming, his watch starts beeping, and basically, if you don't follow the rules that Zero put out, like where this guy sort of scanned three bracelets and went through on his own, mm-hmm. he he blew up. Like, the watch, you, you basically, when you were knocked out by Zero, he... Put a, he put an explosive in you. Of course. You dige- you've digested it. So it's basically around in your lower intestines by the time you wake up. So you can't really get it out. So yeah, essentially you follow Zero's rules or you explode. And he was the, the lesson in that. So I'm down to eight characters now already. And <laughs> as you make choices, characters will butt heads and sort of disagree. And it's just, it's just interesting to watch the characters interact and sort of usually these overarching... Like again, in the second and third game... When you get to the end of the game, oh, it's there's nothing out there quite like it. So I'm really excited to see what 999 does. But I'm also keeping tempered expectations because it was the first one. And of a lot of the stuff that the, friend, the other two games did well, this one might be sort of finding its feet with. But I'm definitely enjoying it so far. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's a series that I've I I've, I've heard a lot about because we have a uh, well yourself you said you played uh, Zero Time Dilemma and Virtue's Last Last Reward, but we have a, a very good friend of ours that is a big fan of uh, of those games in particular and those yeah, style of games. He got me into them, so exactly. So, and he's always uh, Ben's always talked to me about uh, like bits and pieces of the game. I can't remember it, so it's not like it's spoiled anything for me. But he has told me things. Um, like if you are after a good, an like, interesting video game story, like I would say check these games out. Yeah, it's definitely on my radar, and the fact that it is on sale at the moment, I'm like, I don't have time to play it now, but I'm like, I could just buy it and then get to it eventually. You know what, Joel? You know what? Mm. Get these on Switch. Fucking oath. Just do it. (laughs) That's what I mean. That's the one thing that's making me go, maybe I'll wait, because I feel like that's gonna happen. I hope so, because I did play Virtue's Lost Reward and Zero Time Dilemma on my Vita. Yep. That was a much better experience. Because it's, it's saving your game and that is instantaneous. You can save at any point and it will pick up from there. Okay, cool. So I would just get into bed and play like half an hour to an hour before I went to sleep. That's was perfect. Good. Yep. And with so the I'm, sleep mode function of the of the, the Switch, like the fact that you're just locking it instead of uh, turning it off. Yeah. Would like make smartphone. sense. Well. Yeah. yeah. Um, awesome. So fingers crossed it happens down the road. Hey, Arx, oh no, it's um, Axis, I think. Axis does it. Do it. Or Spike Chunsoft, whoever, just make it happen. Good old Spike Chunsoft. I mean, they, they, they make a very specific type of narrative that they like to They to really portray. do. Yeah, because I mean, like, Danganronpa is very similar as well. Oh, absolutely. Uh, from what I've played of, of the first one and what I know about uh, the other two. Uh, even though I heard the, the end of the third one's not great. On I... Depends who you ask. I know, again, you're talking okay. about our good friend Ben, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Enjoy it, but I have heard other people who thought it was interesting. Yeah. So the I'm way going I heard to remain open-minded about it. Yeah, the way I heard him describe about Dungarumpa V3 is um a, a pet peeve of mine in terms of narrative. So, um, yeah, I, I was like, okay, maybe it, I'd have to give it a go, but I'm like, that's a lot of games to get through. That's like three games. It is. 
Um, I could skip the first not, one. They're not long, but they're long yeah. enough. I could skip the first one and watch the anime, but I mean, because you know the you anime, is, the anime is actually not bad. I've watched a couple of episodes of it. It's actually not bad. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's solid. I watched what yeah. I'd played in it, but um, <laughs> but yeah, cool, awesome. Um, so apart from apart from the shared game we're going to talk about later, uh, is there anything else you you've played this week? Uh, again, not really. I've I have been the main game I played this week. I had to very generously put down tonight. Yeah, a friend of mine has been running through Dark Souls three, and you know what? I I really can't say no to From Software. So I've been playing more Dark Souls three. That game is still so good. Yeah, yeah, it's a good uh, game. Really getting a chance to dig into the Ringed City DLC, which I never finished when it came out last year. Cool. Last year? Last year. Yep. Last year. Last year, yeah. Last year, last yeah. Year. Middle, it was like last year, March, April yes. last year, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was really, it was in the first half of the mm. year. Uh, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it. From Software, still geniuses, and I will not have anyone say otherwise. <laughs> Hurry up and show me Shadows Die Twice, and I can't wait for Dark Souls Remastered. Of course. But yeah, that's about it, apart from our shared game. Oh, and Overwatch, which we'll and talk Overwatch. about that as well. Well, uh, we'll start with that because we both played a bit more Overwatch this week. Okay. Um, so that's that's where I'm going to start with what I played. We played some Overwatch uh, because one, we hadn't played much for a while, and two, there was a new map that came out. Um, and and three, the Overwatch League is just sort of getting us in the mood for it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I haven't been watching a whole lot of it, but I have been following along, even if the Spitfires did have a loss today. But anyway, oh, yesterday, but uh, it had to happen. It, it did to have happen. to happen. I mean, like Seoul had a loss today as well so yep it's um yeah it's good it's good to see that these as you uh as you put it in our group chat you said it's good to see that they can bleed so um, it is like that's my biggest not really a peeve it's 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 not it's not exclusive to this but even in, in any sort of sports yeah field, exactly like there's a there's a team of it's at the top of a ladder and if they're undefeated you're just sort of like uh it becomes Why? it becomes uninteresting. Like you yeah. know, you, you know the outcome before you even watch the match. So when these upsets do happen, it's it's exciting. So it's um, so exciting. Yeah, like I love it, it. It's been good. It's been it's been good watching and like picking up on like watching people play characters that I play and going, oh, that's really interesting the way they're using that character and using that map in particular and using like their ultimate uh, in in terms of like traversing or I'm basically referring to Junkrat. I've seen a lot of people using <laughs> that Rip Tire to climb over and uh, make shortcuts through the map. And I'm like, oh, I want to get better at that. Um, and I did have a good, I, I had a good one of those, I think earlier this week where I, um, I managed to go up and around and uh, get behind a, a shield and, and take out a couple of, um, I think it took out both their healers, which is, which is good. Nice. That's a good, um, that's a good use of a riptire. Yeah, exactly. I was, I gave myself a good old pat on the back for that one. Um, Tell you but, what, I jumped in last night to help your wife Ash do some of her placement matches. Yes, and just had a chance to just wreck shop as diva, and it's yeah. just it's just fun to just bully other heroes, specifically yep. other divas. Oh yeah, it's just it's just good, man. I must admit, I had a, I I played quite a bit of diva this week as well myself, and uh, I forgot. Now, I, I it, she, she like the new diva sort of clicked with me because I just hadn't given her much of a chance because we've been playing a lot of comp, and I'm like. If I'm playing with you, you are a much better diva than I am. So it's like, well, there's no point in me picking that, unless you want to change. And I'm like, oh, well, I can sub in uh, a diva or or an Arisa. But like, like I said, man, if you ever want to play diva, just let me know because I always do get the ish to play as <clears throat> Farah or Sombra and characters like that. Yeah, so, I mean, you play a mean I'm Sombra to swap. too. Um, 
that and Farah, of course, but like yeah, your Sombra is pretty pretty damn good. Um, I just I I want to use Sombra more, but she will. I we need to have like a nearly a full team of six running because yeah. communication is key with Sombra yeah. and controlling those heal packs and knowing when your EMP is ready and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, exactly. We don't always have huge groups anymore, unfortunately. No, we don't. Like we, I mean, we had four for most of this week, which is good. Yeah, um, that's true. But yeah, it's uh, I played a bit of played a bit of Diva, and I I had a couple of really 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 good rounds. I think I went like. I think it went like twenty nine and one with her. Actually, no, I went one round where I didn't die, and I was just like, She's I so was much fun on fire. Oh yeah, and I tell you what, that's the other reason we started playing Overwatch again this week, uh, along with a new map. We got a whole bunch of new cosmetic stuff, um, and man, that's why I was playing Diva because I wanted to take that new skin out for a run because she has a fucking uh, cat mech now, uh, a Lolita costume and a cat mech, and I was like, fucking cat, sign cat me force. up. Yep, cat force for life. I am. Or um, it's uh, I think Luna. I think her mech's called now instead of uh, Mecha. Um, which is oh cool. really? Yeah, I saw it on the side of the night. It says Luna, uh, L U N A. So yeah, uh, so I was like, that that makes sense because it's a black cat. So it's a black mech with uh, with pink ears, and I fucking love it so much. It makes me want to buy like those fucking cat ear headphones and wear them. That make it makes me want them. Uh, in a weird way, but yeah, it's, we had a lot of fun with that. So checking out the new skins and the new, uh, there's some new emotes as well. I think isn't there? I actually didn't look at the the emotes. Yeah, there's a few new emotes. There's a cool Sombra one where she sort of puppeteers a little oh, ra- uh, Reaper doll, which is yeah. hilarious. That one was great. Uh, but, so the thing is, it's cool they added so many cosmetics, but in Blizzard fashion, because I guess they were hoping to to get people to buy a bunch of loot boxes, they mm. also shoved in a bunch of sprays and player icons that really sort of ballooned out the loot pool even higher. So new skins are cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, unless you buy them, it could be a while before you see them. Yeah. Thankfully, like in terms of buying them, they're not that expensive. They're only like a thousand each, which is pretty damn reasonable. I had a bit sitting there. So I was like, of course I'm buying that fucking, that uh, fucking cat diva for sure. They are, they are standard price because they will always be there, but not yep. event-specific. Yep. So um, that's kind of cool. But yeah, good, they added yeah. so much into the loot boxes that there's even more sprays and icons, which there was already enough of, but yeah. oh well. Yeah, well, anyway. Um, but yeah, of course, they added a new map, which was Blizzard World, which uh, I've been pretty excited to play. I'm not a huge, like, I'm not like a diehard fan of, of Blizzard's uh, other franchises. I've played my fair share. It's very similar to um, what I'm going to, I'm going to have the same conversation when we talk about the other game we've both been playing this week. But um, yeah, it's like, I know enough about those like franchises that I get some of the jokes. And I mean, this map is filled with references to other uh, Blizzard properties and it's, it's really well done actually. Um, I like the fact that you like, uh, if you're on defense, you start in the Starcraft area and it's uh the, there's like a cafe outside that's called Pylon Terrace, and I was like, "That's fucking great." Um, well, essentially, also your goal if you're pushing the payload is you're taking the crown to the chapel, which is where basically the the skeleton king would be in Diablo three as well. Awesome, awesome. Which is a, a thing that if you played any Diablo three, you would probably killed the skeleton king a lot, yep. like heaps. Yep. It's uh like and, and even down to the, the the one that slays me every time and it did since I saw it in the the trailer for it when it first got released. I remember watching that trailer sitting in the airport at Hong Kong on the on my way to Japan because it was during BlizzCon. Um, 
and I, I saw this part and it popped up and it made me laugh so much is the uh, Lost and Found Vikings. I just yeah, fucking cool. cracked me up. I was, I was, it's such a dumb joke, but I love it. Um, and like all the different, like there's like obviously like a PA system that's running through the, the, the park because um, it's a theme park essentially. I didn't say that. It probably makes a lot more sense now. Uh, I, I assume people picked up on Blizzard World, but yeah, yeah it is yeah. a theme park. Yeah, it is a theme park. So there's a PA running through the park and it's, it, it depending on what shops you're in and things like that um, and what attractions you're at, it will say different things. Like um, I, I think it said something at one point when I was looking through the gift shop in the StarCraft area, it said something like... Uh, yeah, uh, you will have a, a sufficient amount of pylons to to buy, um, to buy the, all the the wonderful gear found here. And I was like, "That's great, that's great," because you know, you must construct additional pylons. Um, you, you definitely require additional yep, pylons exactly. and Vespian gas. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's really cool. Um, I, I I like it's 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 not like a it's a good middle map. It's not super short and it's not super long. It's a good uh like length of map i feel um and it's just filled with and even like because i when it when it first came out i went in and started a custom match with just myself and just walked around and like looking out into the distance and seeing like the roller coasters going and like the the giant drop towers going and and seeing all the detail in the distance as well i'm like can we have a real blizzard world because i just want to go there that looks cool um but yeah it's uh it's a lot of fun it was good jumping back into to overwatch and most importantly managed to crawl myself out of like low bronze that i got fucking robbed of or i got like shoved into after doing my placement matches um i'm now rocking i think like 15 25 or something in silver so you know baby congratulations joel it was literally an entire afternoon and evening of playing that i managed to like crawl my way up into it so we had a we had a pretty good run um which was good but uh, yeah, I mean, it's thanks still- to my matches last night, I'm knocking on the door of platinum again. Thankfully, Ooh. it's been a it's been a climb because we had a horrible streak of losses that knocked me down a, a good couple of hundred SR. But yep. after playing with you and then again last night, I've managed to claw my way back up to like oh, yes. twenty four hundred or so. It's been rough. I'd like my my aim, like my ultimate aim, is like you know I'm saying it's achievable, but it's pretty tough. Is to try and get to gold. Before the yeah, if it gets season. you to goal, that'd be good. At least, because like you've been recovering from that bad season where they mm. underranked everyone, and also because then help. you just as a result you didn't play much that season either. Yeah, and it didn't help that I didn't rank last season either. Like I didn't do my placement exactly. last, last season, so that's also fucked me over a little bit. But I was also under the impression of like I don't give a fuck anymore because it's already screwed me over so much. But now I'm gonna try and crawl my way back, and and it's been good to sort of jump back into it again and play, have a couple of nights where we just play Overwatch and and talk shit. It's been good. Um, but I've played a lot of, a lot of other stuff this week as well. Um, so I'll go through the two that I've played only a little bit of. Uh, first of all, uh, I bought, uh, I bought two games yesterday. Again, one of which we'll talk about later. Uh, and the other one was, uh, Monster Hunter World. Um, I managed to pick up both of uh, that and the other game and I've only put in like maybe two and a half, three hours. Um, but holy shit, I am excited to play more i'm excited to play with you and whoever else if you're listening want to play monster hunter world with me i will definitely jump in and play because it's uh it's it's starting to get its hooks into me and i feel like it feels like what i wanted to get out of the experience of destiny both times i've played it now or all three times i've played it now 
Um, they are very different games, by the way. They are, but in terms of the fact that, like, the experience that I want, I want to get out of it, in terms of, like, hanging out with friends, going out, running quests, and getting gear and all sorts of stuff, it feels like there's a lot more here and a lot more progression in a short amount of time. Um, and it seems to be the case. What I've heard... Yeah. Monster Hunter World offers less than a lot of the ultimates that have come out recently, but there's still a decent amount of content in it. Yeah, and they are offering free content updates coming, like, you know, uh, pretty. I, I would assume pretty frequently, which is good. Um, but at the moment, I'm just trying to get to a high enough level that I can start the um, the Horizon Zero Dawn stuff, because it's on a time limit. Um, it's only on in, until about, I think, like, mid-Feb or end of Feb, uh, which I was like, oh, shit, okay, so I've got to get my skates on with that. And um, try and get my little fucking watcher palico outfit, but um, see that's the thing that bums me out because sure it's great, it looks gorgeous on PS4 and it runs really well. Yep. But on the 3DS, they had cool Samus outfits, and true. I, I I wish I could have that. Yeah. If we could get Monster Hunter on Switch again, that would be good. Capcom, if you're yeah. listening, I I think it's Sony you need to fucking tell to cool their jets. Maybe. We, we may never know the full story, but yeah. it is suspicious. Yeah, it's pretty su- it's pretty suspe- suspect because it, it it feels like a game that could run on the Switch. Um, I I was watching uh, Pro Jared's review of it before, and like he was playing it on a PS4 Pro, and fuck that game looks even better. Like the game looks good on a regular PS4, but fuck me, I'm like it's running at like pretty much sixty frames solidly, and it's like oh. That's- that's the thing. Uh, the, the PS4 Pro version lets you choose what to prioritize. Oh, okay. Which is, I always love. I love, like, yep. that's what I liked about The Last of Us Remastered. You could pick either really schmicko visuals or you yep. could pick 60 FPS. I'm pretty and sure. similar to this, you can choose frame rate, graphics, and there's another option as well about yep. what you can prioritize. It's like a balance, maybe, like, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure Nier Automata did that as well. Um, oh, okay. I never really I checked. I feel like I read I... somewhere that it had something like that in it. Okay, um, which would make sense. It's it's a good idea. Like Fire Emblem mm-hmm. Warriors also had a similar thing where you could pick visuals or frame rate. And you know what, Jolly, you always pick frame rate. Sorry, oh, visuals, course, you're not that yeah. important. Of course. I mean, look, like playing the game on the regular PS4, it looks really great. But um, I'm yeah. not going to talk too much more about it because I've got a feeling that we might talk about we might go into it in depth next week. Um, once you may have procured a copy. Um, I was, I was defiant. I was like, I'm going to buy Dragon Ball Fighters and that will be good. Yep. And I've, as we'll discuss soon, I'm loving the game. Yep. But everyone around me is just like, Hey, Monster Hunter World. And I'm just like, you know what? Fine. It was fine. I'll spend, I'll, I'll budget myself out of a second game in the same seven days God damn it. Yeah. Look, it was, it was a perfect storm of things for me. Like I had some birthday money from my parents because it was my birthday this week. I also got a 50% bonus trade credit offer from, um, See, that helps from EB. Bonus trade credit. And like, I didn't, I traded in two games. One was a really old game and one was destiny two, which is already on the decline. So it was already going to be like not much money for it. Um, but I ended up getting like an extra 35 bucks towards it. Plus I price matched DB Hi-Fi as well. So I sort of went in and wheeled and dealed and ended up only paying like 120 bucks for both of them, which was pretty fucking good. Cause so far of what I've played of each of those games, I'm really enjoying. So, um, but apart from that, I also played a little bit of Hellblade, which I picked up on the sale cause it's down to $25 at the moment. And I was like, wow, that's, uh, that's a sign. Play Hellblade. Yeah. Everyone play Hellblade. So I've played a little bit of it. I just haven't had a chance to play more of it. Because I really want to set aside 
time to play it. Um, you do need to. You need to sort of have a have the right environment where it's mm-hmm. like sometimes it's best just you headphones on. Yep. Dark room. It's yep. when that game really shines. Yeah. Um. But I tell you what, the fucking opening of that game is tense. Like uh, what everyone it is. said it about absolutely is. Yeah. That 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 uh binary audio binary uh, audio is holy shit. Um. It's good. I was essential like, headphones, like good yeah. headphones for this game. Yeah. I had. I was just using my like my headset. Um. Like my my Astro. Um. Uh, I think those are good headphones. I would say. Like, yeah. Not. Probably not top end, but no. who's gonna, I'm not spending that much money. Sorry, it's not happening. No, they're good for like the $89 that I spent on them. Like it's for a pair of Astro, I think A10s, I think they're called. I can't remember exactly what they are, but um, yeah, they're good. And it's like, it plugs into the bottom of the controller. It's I'm like, cool. Um, but yeah, like that first opening, like going along the uh, the river in the, 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 uh, the log canoe. Oh yeah. shit, the credit sequence. Oh Jesus, I was like... In a constant state of tension, and I was like, I hate this, but I actually like it. Um, so yeah, Joel, I'm so glad Vikings are in. Oh, yeah, yeah, Vikings are Vikings are going to be the big thing this year. Once God of Uh, War rolls around, holy shit, which hit me up, everyone. I will be going to there's a Viking like exhibition opening at the Melbourne Museum this year. I will absolutely be going to that. And also that Viking restaurant mm-hmm. that's opening in Melbourne this Mjolnir, year that started taking yeah. bookings for April onwards. I'm like, fuck yeah, sign me up for that too. It's the same one let's, that's in... Let's ride this Viking wave. Yeah. Yeah, it's in Sydney. It's the same one in Sydney. They have a fucking uh, a whiskey that is actually stored in a, a fucking Mjolnir hammer, which is fucking so good. awesome. It's so cool. Fucking cool. It. Vikings, so, yeah. yes. <laughs> we should, like, the week of uh, the week of God of War coming out, we should go and have dinner there before, like, the night before. <laughs> and celebrate before April. Skull. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um. Because yeah, that got a release date this week. It's probably not it super did. newsworthy, so it's coming out on uh, April twentieth, the same day as Nintendo Labo. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So two completely different experiences on the one day, right there. All on four twenty. is catered for on four twenty, which is yes. hilarious. But um, Nintendo but, edges out for being sixty nine dollars though in America. Yeah. Here. Yeah. There's a lot more here. Uh, um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying what I have, pl- what little I have played for Hellblade. It's like maybe an hour and a half, two hours, if that. Um, probably, yeah, probably about closer to like an hour, hour and a half. Uh, it's good. The combat is fine. It's obviously not the 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 main get of why I'm playing that game. It, it's for the story and the whole experience of playing it with headphones and fucking terrifying myself. Um but yeah, I really like it. I, I, I really like, I love uh, Melina Jürgen's performance so far, what I've seen, and I can only imagine it's going to get more intense and, and crazy. It's, which, mm. it's just great. And especially when you consider the context of her background yeah. and her experience as an actor, it's even more amazing. Yeah. That she, it's just so good. Like, I, 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 I've done I, well, the scene towards the start where... Um, you after you do your first combat and you start it, the game teaches you about the rot. Oh and like, yeah! She dies and you see it overcome her and you're like, what? And then she comes back in over the top of her own dead body. It's like this weird vision that she's having. Yeah, I was like, whoa, <laughs> what the fuck? Um, the game will get inside your head like that as you go forward, Joel. So be ready for it. I but th- again, this is the type of like horror stuff that I kind of like. 
much like Doki Doki Literature Club, where it puts you in like a state of like tension without like I, without jump scares. Like, and you see, you threw in jump scares. Otherwise, I was going to say that you would love Silent Hill because those games are psychological horror to the core. That's it. But it's they just, do have some scares, so you may not do that part. You know, if it's few and far between, then I can like maybe like suck it up. But yeah, I mean, Silent Hill is something that's always interested me. Um, and just from hearing about it from you, but, uh, but yeah, I'm really enjoying what I've played of it so far, but, uh, before we get into our big topic of, of, of the game we've both played, um, I picked up at the same time as Hellblade, uh, a little game called Last Day of June. Um, now I heard about this game, uh, Greg Miller from Kind of Funny had talked about it, that he played it at like, I think Judges Week last year, um, or the year before even. He played it at some sort of E3 event, I think, and he said, yeah, it looked really interesting. He basically described it as the first 10 minutes of Up the Game, um, as in Up the Disney Pixar movie. So if you've seen that, obviously you know what I'm trying to... The, the, the kind of tone they're going for, I guess, with this game. Um, and it's pretty a pretty good basic one-line description of how you could describe this game to someone. Um, it's got a really interesting art style. Uh, it's like sort of almost like stop motiony kind of, but not really like, and like really weird characters. Um, all the, all the characters and the character models have, um, it's going to be a deep cut, but some of our Australian listeners might get this. Do you remember the show lift off on ABC? <laughs> and if you remember I'll that, I'll never sh- forget that creepy puppet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that, that basically all the characters look like that. Um, oh, that's gonna be that's tough. That's tough. They don't have they don't have eyes. They just have like as like, unsettling. They have like cups. It was at first, um, but like I, the characters are really expressive and and really get across the point. And they don't talk normally. They talk in like almost like a simulation language. Uh, so there's no dialogue essentially through the entire game. It's all told through the game, which is really cool. Um, it's got some really great music. Uh, it's by uh, Massimo, uh, yeah, Massimo Games, I think is the studio, which is uh, headed by Massimo Guarani, Gurarini. Butchered that. I apologize. Um, and yeah, it was Too published. Late, it's out there. Yeah, it's out there. It was uh, yeah, developed by Oversonic and published by Five Hundred Five Games, which uh, I guess the guys that you know off the top of my head uh, published um, Payday, I believe. Five Hundred Five have published a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. Payday was the one that popped into my mind, which is really weird because these two games could not be fucking further apart. Um, yeah, they are completely different. But yeah, Five Hundred Five have done a really good job as a publisher, sort of picking up things here and there where you're like, "Oh, that's a pleasant surprise. I didn't expect that." It's yeah, really good. Yeah, it didn't. Um, and look, very much like this. Uh, last day of June. Uh, holy shit. Uh, so the basic premise of it is it starts with you going on uh, as playing as Carl. Uh, going on uh, just you know a day out with your wife June, hence the title, which you can kind of gather Great. how things are going to go. Because can't it's... wait to see if this is, this is probably going to be a super happy game. Oh, right? it's so happy! It's super positive, and it's just the best. Um, yeah, and you're going on like a nice day trip in your little country town uh, to like the lake, uh, and it starts to rain. She's about to give you a present, give Carl a present, and it starts to rain. So oh, you get geez. in the car and drive home. As you're driving home. Uh, something happens, so and that could change depending on on what happens later in the game. Uh, but at first, it's a little boy's on the road trying to get his ball. He runs out of the way. You swerve to miss him, uh, and you crash into a tree. And basically, you wake up 
uh, it's like you've been dreaming about it. Carl's sitting there. It's a shot of like their two chairs uh, with obviously June's empty and a, a wheelchair in the background. And so it turns out that uh, June had passed away, was killed, and Great. and you are cool. paralyzed from the waist down. So um, Great. Yeah. So it's super, super positive, super cheery vibes. <laughs> yeah i i sound like i'm not a fan of this but like yeah those that that would just be the like just, oh god yeah look see i have this very very some games that just emotionally can destroy you and that sounds like one yeah that would get me but the this game is really i think it's really special i really enjoyed it uh in a, in a weird kind of way because i have this thing where i like I like to go see movies where I know it's going to make me cry or I know it's going to, or I, I like to have that, that feeling. I like to feel something when I play a game or, 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 or see a movie or even listen to some music. Like I, if I get that reaction, I'm generally going to be super positive about it and rave about it a lot Oh, absolutely. More. I'm the same. I'm absolutely the same. Mm, and this is a good example of that. Like I, I, I think what it does, it does very well. Uh, it, it basically the gameplay is it turns out to be like a like a point and click adventure I guess so you're like you're wandering around solving like minor puzzles and um trying to figure out how to uh rectify the situation so basically June was an artist and she's like paints paintings and stuff and your house was full of paintings of the people in the town um when you wake up and you get your wheelchair uh Carl gets hungry so he, he goes to the fridge the only thing he's got is like t- tins of beans so he needs a can opener. So he goes into the, like where her workshop was to find the can opener. And in the process of doing that, one of her paintings that's they've all been covered up. Uh, one of them comes to life. It's a picture of her. And if you approach it, the button prompt you are given is called "Save Her." Uh, and you basically go back and relive that day. So it's almost like a really fucked up, morbid uh, Groundhog Day. But great, yeah. So you play through. The, uh, the other four characters that live in the village, which is a small boy, uh, a woman that lives across the road from you, uh, a younger general, like a like a, a you know, like you know, a, a gentleman who uh, like a hunter who lives across the way in a big mansion, and an old man. Um, and you start as a little boy, and you basically go through, and the game, you got to try and solve puzzles to try and figure out how to stop at first the little boy from get, being on the road at that specific point in time. So that he wasn't there, you uh, Carl didn't have to swerve the car, and you didn't crash, and June would be saved. Uh, I won't go too much more into it uh, and into, into the narrative, apart from the fact that yes, it did make me cry a lot uh, in the end. I assume I assume there's a lot of self-correcting timeline stuff going on in this game. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it, it is, and the way it deals with it is actually quite quite good you've got to go into like certain things to like alter the outcome so that you can do the next person's one properly and then give them something so they've got that there so they're in a certain point while this person can get through to get to the next point if that makes sense there's a lot of like you know you have to be in the right place right time but it's not like precise like you don't have to be exact with it you've got plenty of time to go through yeah. and explore the world um and in between each like going back in time painting that you go into uh, Carl opens up an, an extra bit of area within the town uh, and you can go through and see these like little, uh, they call them dioramas, but like little scenes that give you the backstory of Carl and June, uh, which is also very sad and very depressing. Of course. I, I, I am shocked, Joel. I am shocked mm. that it would be sad. Mm. Uh, I, I honestly, I think it's, it's definitely worth a, a look. It's $15 at the moment. It's 
fucking great. It'll take you maybe if you if you block out an afternoon, you'll be able to knock it out. Um, I have already started forming a short list of games that I will try to get to in the quiet periods, yep. and I'll add this game to that list. I think I think you should, which is why I don't want to talk too much more about it. Um, I'm just reading here as well that it was based on a uh, 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 Guarini uh, Massimo Guarini based the last day of June on the song "Drive Home" by British musician Steve Wilson. So it's based on a song, which is cool as well. Uh, and the music in it is really, really great. Uh, and the art style is really interesting. It's I really haven't seen much like that. Uh, and the fact that all the characters are so expressive and you know exactly what they're feeling and what they're saying just by the actions they're performing and the, the tone of their mumbles, I guess. Um it's interesting. R- really, really good, and I highly recommend it. if you like those types of like you know narrative, uh, adventure puzzle games. I guess uh, it's worth checking out. Um, and it's fifteen bucks at the moment, so you can't go wrong. Joel, that's a problem. Like we just we just came off a really good PlayStation sale, and we're straight into another really good PlayStation yeah, sale. I bought fucking two games from it. Uh, I managed to finish bought- last day of June, so I'm happy with that. I bought two games from the last deal, the last sale. I've already bought one game from this sale, and I've already bought a new game this week. And already, I'm just like looking at that pile of shame, going, mm-hmm. "I'm so close to finishing some of you, my and f- I will try." But January is already like forget 2017. Yep, this is 2018. Bang, we're kicking the door down. Like, I'm oh, looking at my it's just not stopping. I'm looking. It's, it's not even like a pile of shame I've got now. It's it's my my cross media bar of shame. It's like all these oh, games that you've like installed. installed. <laughs> yeah, it's like all these games you've installed. I'm like, fuck. And then I had to go through and delete the ones. And I'm like, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm definitely not going back to that. So I'm going to get rid of that. Like, you know, I'm sorry, Cuts Brendan. to be made. I'm sorry, Brendan. I actually got rid of uh, Warframe. I, I've cut that tie, but I'm like, it's, I've got Monster Hunter now. Tell you what, I've if we Monster convince Hunter. him to get Monster Hunter, exactly. don't need Warframe anymore. And that's, I, I, I don't want to be an enabler in his situation because he's like, you know, expecting a child very soon. Um, but I don't want to be enabling him to, to spend money. But I'm like, dude, you should get Monster I was sending him photos today, and I I, I think... I was he like, was telling me about it, because I was also saying that you were telling me it was really good. So. <laughs> I'm just telling everyone. I'm like, everybody get Monster Hunter. It's really good. Uh, and I, between everyone on Twitter I follow as well, yep. has been hyping it up. I have noticed as well that uh, oh, uh, uh, Brennan from 8-Bit and the Hungry Gamers podcast and... Um, uh, Michael from Reset Podcast have both been playing it. I'm like, I'm gonna have to hit them up. I'm gonna have to get some and six or seven other people on my PS4 friends list are, are playing it as well. Yep. So it's just always there in my feed. I'm like, okay, fine. I I love the beta, and I'm I've been itching for a chance to try Monster Hunter again. After try didn't do it for me. After four didn't do it for me. Hopefully yep. this is a magic one. I think it and might be. I guess I'll just gather up a huge pile of games I'm never going back to on my PS4 and march into EB this week. Yep, that's that's the plan. Do it. I mean, it, they've got some good deals on with it. But, uh, Kyron, should we talk about the big one? Should we jump into it? The big, the big one that we talked about last week, but yeah. we'll focus on stuff that wasn't a part of the beta. I think time. so, yeah. So, of course, we're talking about Dragon Ball Fighters. Arxis's new uh, fucking... Love letters to the Dragon Ball Z and uh, and fighting games. Which... Yeah, and just making fighting games accessible in a way that you can... There's a lot of... Like, the auto-combo stuff in the game enables you to sort of feel like you're doing cool stuff. Yep. But also opens the gate to you going, hang on, what if I mess with this combo here and sort of mix things up a bit? And you sort of, mm-hmm. from that from that there, 
that's how you get into fighting games. That's how you start messing with combos, going into training mode, and just sort of seeing what works. Especially, and it's just that little thing yeah, that's interesting. Especially like two D side scrolling fighting games like this. Like it's, I say two D, but like you know, like that side on, um, one fighter. It's two D. Like the the way it plays yeah, is two D. Is two D. Isn't it a two dimensional plane? Um, and I tell you what, current. I had good things to say about it after the beta. The more I kept playing the beta, I, well, I, I mean, I, I didn't actually have a lot of good things to say about it. I didn't hate it. I really liked what it was, but I was worried that I, not being a like diehard Dragon Ball Z fan, that it was going to be enough to get me through the door. Um, because I just had a, not a great time playing just online against people that were obviously much better at me. And I had no chance to really practice i guess it, there was the training mode like the um the tutorial stuff but but you didn't get to pick characters and that was no. where that sort of didn't work because you want to build your own team exactly and make see what works for you and that's what the full game obviously lets you do now absolutely so i and i so i, I still bought it and and jumping in having played uh like you know a fair bit of i've only played story mode basically um which i i i love it I, I think it's great. I, it's really made me... I like the fact that most of the special moves are just quarter-circle turns, which I'm good at because I play Ryu in Street Fighter when I used to play it, so I, I know quarter-circle turns. Um, See, that's what I love about it as well, because I look at some of the moves in... The best example I can think of is Street Fighter. Yeah. And you look at some of those turns, and you're like, how do I do that? Yep. How, how do I do that? And the answer is always... Well, you've got to do it quickly. Yep. So like, I tried. I tried to do it quickly, and I was terrible. The Z ones, and where you've got to go like bang, 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 like from like top to bottom. I hate those. Yeah, I hate uh, that those shit. Those are the worst. So bad. And some fighting game purists may complain that maybe this is a bit too stripped down to making it all sort of like quarter circle attack. Yeah. But again, that just sort of makes it you. You. It's like you don't worry about that part of the game you worry about stringing together the hits to open up the enemy to get hit by those big flashy attacks because you have a lot of options to sort of deal with those flashy attacks. Mm-hmm. So they're easy to pull off. Like, quarter circle turn will do like a Kamehameha or a Death Ball or something like yep. that. You can block those. If you've got the meter, you can just sort of warp strike behind and punish immediately. Yep. Like, they're, a, they're not super useful, really. You've got to sort of lead into them you've got to, to make th- the other player get hit by them. You've got to use them as a finishing move. You've got to, you've actually got to yeah. try and finish them You set them up with and that. then you finish. Yeah. Um, and the train, the, the story mode is really good for that because obviously, like, starting out, um, which the, the story mode, if spoilers, I guess, um, is ridiculous. Uh, it's not, who cares? Is it, like, there, this is not a canon Dragon Ball story. No, and no. nothing about the setup is super surprising. It's just, it's just a silly Dragon Ball story. I honestly like the fact, though, because like the, the setup is that um, Goku wakes up and he's not Goku. It's you, the player, has like the spirit of you have has, has inhabited his body, and you're basically look like controlling Goku. And after yeah. a little bit of a freak out from Bulma, she she figures it out, uh, and you sort of tap into the Goku inside, and then. Um, yeah, so they're basically defer- referring to the fact that, you know, you, the player, are within these characters. You are linked with these characters and that you're controlling and have them. I, have I explained that in world? Is there essentially specific, like, energy waves that are, that are blocking the powers of the other Z fighters, both yep. heroes and villains? 
And the only way they can fight is essentially if you are controlling them, which sort of makes sense in a fighting game Mm -hmm. where you control the characters. And also on another level, by blocking the powers out, it also just means that characters like Krillin and Yamcha and Tien and even Captain Ginyu and all those, like, not even close to being powerful characters can be useful as opposed to, say, in Super where they're like, hey... We're going to bring Krillin to the Tournament of Power. And everyone's just like, you fucking really? what? Krillin? <laughs> Krillin? You're going to take Krillin? They even make okay. a, they even make a joke about that in, in Fighters. Like where in one of the cutscenes, Goku's like, you know, oh, um, he's like, everyone's helping. Like he's trying to convince, uh, I think, Yamcha to fight with him. And he's like, it's, everyone's helping. We need all the help we can get. Even Krillin's fighting. And Krillin's like, what? Even Krillin? Okay, sure. Fine. It's fair, Krillin. You'll wear that. Absolutely, yeah. And everyone, everyone playing is just like, yeah, come on, Krillin. Goku makes at least more, more than a couple of quips about how his wife, Android 18, is way more stronger than he is. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's a, it's, it's a constant joke with them. Um, and I, I must admit, like, I, again, I've said this before, I'm not a diehard Dragon Ball fan. So I don't know the ins and outs and every intricacies of of the law, but I know enough. I know characters. I know kind of their relations and sometimes their motivations. I guess um, you can you can obviously you can etch out the heroes and villains. That's pretty clear. Yeah, and the heroes that they've introduced in this in like the the, the hero arc again they're pretty obvious goku is the guy who likes fighting krillin is the guy who isn't very good at fighting but is friends with goku and deep down is just like but I still want to help. Yamcha is the guy who everyone makes fun of and who sucks, <laughs> who they've eventually convinced to fight, and that is just Yamcha's shtick. Yeah. Uh, Tien's just sort of a badass. Yeah, yeah, Tien's pretty cool. The fact that Tien, like Tien. as a character in the game, like, his special moves, actually, some of his special moves drain his health. Um, all right, okay, all right. So I'll tell you what. All right. The fact that that is a thing is just perfect, especially, again, it... I'm glad that you like it, but like, especially if you've watched the Cell Saga, where Tien manages to hold down Cell's second stage by using his Tri-Beam, which has a much better name in Japanese, which I'm pretty sure is like Kiko Ha or something like that. Yep. But uh, he holds him down with that, despite the fact he's not even close to relevant at that point, by draining his own life force to use an attack is just beautiful. And just Arxis making that a mechanic in in like Tri-Beam and Neo Tri-Beam, and how you can... I think it's Neo. If you press R1, if you've got enough meter, you can like fire multiples at oh. the cost of your own health. It's just exactly like the anime. And See, it's just a little detail that I love. Yeah. So thank you for that context. Cause I, I, I assumed there was some sort of reason for it. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. And the fact that one of his moves is like his friend basically like sacrifices himself to do damage. <laughs> Chiatsu. I was like, so that one is again, it's, it's a throwback to Dragon Ball's, like Dragon Ball Z's first saga with the Saiyans, where uh, essentially a lot of the characters like Tien and Yamcha and Chaozu and Krillin and all those, those are big Dragon Ball characters. And what the Saiyan saga does in Dragon Ball Z is kind of goes, hey, all your Dragon Ball characters, yeah, we killed them all. Yep. Yamcha's dead. Chaozu blows himself up and dies. Tien gets his arm like karate chopped off and then dies. Cool. And Piccolo dies. Everyone just gets slaughtered and it's it's brutal after Dragon Ball. So that's what the Chaozu move is. But I'm, I won't lie, I almost always do it just for fun. <laughs> it's Chiaotzu, blow yourself up. And then you just can't use that attack again because it's like, well, yeah, Chiaotzu's dead now. You killed him. It's like, yeah, I'm okay with this. I believe you can do it again because I feel like I've chained it. Mm, <laughs> if if you if Chiaotzu hits with the explosion, 
if you check the special moves list, like, because he does have one where he can, like, hold him in place with telekinesis if it's, like, less meter. Okay. But if you have enough and you do it and he grabs onto their back and blows up, you can't do that again in that same fight. Okay. He, he is dead. All right. Cool. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty cool. sure, like, check the, check the moves description. I'm pretty yeah, sure it mentions I'll... it. It's like, he's dead. He killed himself. <laughs> Because I, 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 I literally opened a fight with it once. I, like, powered it's up so and funny. just went, there you go. Goodbye, <laughs> Tian. It's like, whoa, and, okay, Chao Tzu. And the fight even, has barely started. It has that, like, one second of, like, Tian, like, just going, Tian, yeah. Like, he's so upset. It's so good. Um, he is, because Tian and Chao Tzu are, like, best buddies. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of, I, again, I'm piecing all these bits and pieces together. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's I I honestly think that the story mode is great because it's basically an elongated tutorial with like funny cutscenes and like fun cutscenes in between, and I'm hoping it gets more difficult as it goes along because I feel like I'm fingers crossed. It'll, I don't want myself to like lapse into like, all right, cool. I'm just gonna do this, 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 and this, and we're done. Um, but it, it sort of, in a way, puts how many fights you do in your own hands, because as it marks particular, the boss you've got to go get to, yep. and you sort of move around the board one move at a time, and you can sort of try and crit path it if you want. You've got a limited but amount of But the game very well. cleverly, yeah, it cleverly tricks you, though, because it's like, or, or, if you want to fight all these guys, depending on your team composition, you could get special cutscenes, and that is enough to make me want to fight everyone on the board. Just to try and get all those little cutscenes with their hilarious jokes or just just cool character interactions that you're like, oh, that was that was cool. Someone who's watched all of Dragon Ball Z, like that's a neat little interaction there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and the fact that you can like get more characters for your roster within that story yes. mode of by doing like rescue events. Um, it's it is worth noting that the story mode isn't going to blow you away. Oh god, it's no. not a fantastic story, but but it's. If you like Dragon Ball, or if you've got like a, a passing interest in it, or at least like a couple of characters, you'll probably find something here that you'll like. It, the, again, the fighting against the clones isn't particularly challenging in the first arc, so I'm hoping it gets a bit harder later on. You would think so. I think it's it's pretty lengthy as well, from what I hear, the, the entire story mode. Um, and yeah. the fact that uh, yeah, it works as sort of like a... I, I'm, I'm focusing on like, all right, cool. So this attack does this. It involves this much like power that I need to to save up. Um, all right, cool. I can do that. I can train these like moves together. It's really making me think about the game and break it down, um, which I yeah. think is the point of it. And also, it's got like it has genuinely given me a couple of laugh out loud moments where I've just I've giggled to myself openly. There are some funny interactions with the characters. Mm, and it's uh, it's really great. Uh, that's all I've played of the game so far because I'm like, I don't even want to touch online, like, against, like, world match. I don't even want to touch that yet. So that's the thing. Uh, I played a bit of story mode, but because, again, the fights never really are too challenging, I've sort of been breaking it up by doing a couple of online matches. Not heaps because I'm still sort of getting to grips with my current team of which i didn't have an opportunity to use most of them in the full game of in the course. beta because obviously it was a set character choice uh so i've been doing a lot of a lot of just casual matches and some stuff in the training area where you can do like the combo tutorials where every every character's got 10 combos to go through and it sort of gives you the button prompts and all that so you just got to sort of go at it and uh yeah so that's what i mean because like the story mode's good but i need a break sometimes from the combat just because it's fun, but the clone characters aren't tough, no. and I want to fight. The, I want to play the fighting game, but I want to also 
get my butt kicked occasionally as they well. They don't fight. They're still fun. They don't fight back. That's the problem with them. I, no, except for when exactly. you come into contact with Kid Boo that keeps fucking popping up. Okay. Yes, that's true. But I've had some of those instances where he, even he's been a tutorial fight. And yeah. by the time you do the tutorial, he's nearly dead. And you're like, oh, okay, I guess I'll take that free experience, I guess. Yeah. Because so, cool. like, like, it's just him, but he's like over-leveled to what you are. So yeah. like a good five or six levels higher. Um, that's the other thing as well. The game very cleverly gets you to sort of go, hey, do you like this character? Maybe you should use him a lot because each character has about, I think, five or six levels of like link levels, which are essentially little social link-like events where you'll have like some dialogue from the character and you're like, fine, you know you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to want all those conversations. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, God damn it. It's, it's good from what I've played so far. Um, I, I'm going to let you take over from here because I, 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 all I wanted to say really was that I played this, some of the story mode. I really like it. I've turned around on this game now where I'm like, actually, no, I do like it. I kind of want to try and, you know, work my way and, and get better at it and really figure out which characters I want. Um, I'm loving Majin Buu at the moment because he's fucking hilarious and he's a big fat shit and I love him and he eats people and it's great. He, he turns into candy and he eats them. I love it. Kid Buu eats people too. True, but he's nah. He's gross. I don't like Kid Buu. He's gross. He's wow. Gro- okay. He's not adorable like Majin Buu. When Majin Buu does it, I'm just like, ah, oh, you little rascal. You ate someone. Kid- you blew up half Kid the planet a because funny. you. Yeah, you ate you. You blew up the planet because you hate some like hate someone. There was a great interaction Kid between Buu's- Kid Buu and Majin Buu that I had, where yeah, <laughs> where they just they're, they're obviously talking to each other in their like just gibberish. Like, Majin Buu's to say how much he hates Kid Buu, and Kid Buu's just, like, speaking gibberish back. And Goku's just like, can you guys understand each other? Because and... Kid Buu doesn't really speak at all. No, he's, like, this savage monster thing. Because um, he, he is just pure evil, so yeah. all he does is, like, laugh and beat his chest and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, he's like a like a, like a, a primate. But yeah, I, I, Majin Buu's, like, he's... I, I kind of like him. He's obviously a bit slower because he's a bit heavier, but um, yeah. Although, but what I played of Cell very briefly was kind of fun as well too. Cell's cool. He's mm. he he's a big unit as well, mm-hmm. but his attacks, uh, if you can like get the the back oh. snap where he like picks him up and like the back cracks their back. back, it's satisfying. It's it's like that with Majin Buu too. If you do the combo where he like picks him up by the head and punches oh, him and punches him, oh, yeah, because that's his. Yeah, it's his grab attack. It's very cool. It's so good. Um, um, but yeah, and he's also got a, Cell's also got a cool like a triangle combo. If if you pull off, he does like an amazing like three hit streak, which is just so satisfying to hit with. It just feels good. It's I, I must admit Yamcha is kind of fun to play as as well. I kind of like his Yamcha is cool. All the characters are good. Yeah, even, yeah, even Yamcha. Yeah, even Yamcha and Krillin. Like they're both like fun. Like um, I like that Krillin's like assist when you call him in. Uh, he like throws like a Senzu bean down. You can pick it up and Senzu bean like regain health. I'm like, ah, I get that joke. Well, I get that reference. If the enemy gets it, they also get a heal. Exactly. You're like, oh, give me that Senzu bean. Um, and if he doesn't have any Senzu beans left, he has a rock, yeah. which I'm not 100 percent sure if it's a reference to it. But I, there's a moment in like the Cell Saga leading up to the big fight where Krillin throws a rock at Goku's head because he's like, well, he's a Super Saiyan. He'll just dodge it or blast it out of the air. And it hits him in the head and Goku gets really mad. He's like, that really hurt, Krillin. Why are you throwing a rock at me? And Krillin's like, oh, geez, I'm sorry. You're a Super Saiyan. I thought, I thought you'd be able to dodge it. <laughs> it's, um, so I'm not sure if it's a reference to that, but it's hilarious. It's it's great. Like, I, I, I am really... 
I'm really enjoying it. I'm keen to sort of like chip away at it. It's not going to be something I'm going to like, I have to finish this straight away. It'll be something I can go back to and just chip away at it. No. Play for a few hours and then like duck back into, you know, Hellblade or something else. Um, Like I said, I'm mostly, I'm going through story mode, but I'm breaking it up with competitive matches and and like casual matches and all that. mm. Just to sort of, I'm not in a rush, you know? I mean, I'll probably burn through the villain arc pretty quickly because the Dragon Ball villains are, in my opinion, where it's at. Yep. At least a couple of them. Not, I don't count the boos, unfortunately. No, I'm not a fan no. of them. But uh, that's just me personally. But uh, well, well, you know I'm really interested. <laughs> it, it is Freezer. Yeah. Freezer is the best Dragon Ball villain, and you can't convince me otherwise. He's great. Cell's cool. I'll just lay it out here. The main reason, the biggest reason for me is as cool as Cell and Boo and all those other guys are, they were created to be evil. Yeah. Fair enough. They were created to be strong and evil. Congratulations. Like Freezer just was and just owned half the universe and just called planets like, I've conquered this planet. That will be Freezer 406, I guess. (laughs) I don't care anymore. Stick a number on it. It's done. Oh, Obviously, the backstory with the Saiyans as well, with blowing up Vegeta's planet, is kind of a big deal. Yeah. And Cell and Boo don't really have much like that, unfortunately. They're still cool, but Freezer number one. <laughs> that's why That's why he came back in Super. Yeah. Fans love him. I, I, yeah, I, I, I kind of like, I like Freezer's English voice actor as well. Uh, yeah, well, that's actually interesting, because the main guy who normally does him was sick at the time of recording right. so it's actually his understudy but he does a really good job yeah. you can barely tell the difference yeah it's i just i like i like the way he is portrayed as a character i think he's yes he's like this like weird like yeah dastardly villain type always and it's it, it's perfect for what he is and uh he's he's very well spoken and quite intelligent mm-hmm. and as much as i loved dragon ball z I feel like they've finally gotten his character right with Kai and now Super and like Resurrection F and all that with this new voice actors. Yeah. They're doing such a good job. Like Lindy Young, I think was the original one and she was okay. She did a good job, but I I just think these guys are just really good. And Cell, of course, voiced by the handsome Jack voice actor still is just perfect. Fuck yes. I knew I recognized his voice. Holy shit. That's great. It's it's handsome Jack. (laughs) Um, That makes me happy. Oh, that, that's, Knocked him up a couple of pegs in who I might use now. Um, yeah, I, it's it's a very good game. It is a very good accessible fighting game, which is a lot of yeah, a lot of love has been poured into it. A lot of mm. uh, Dragon Ball fan service in there in ways that you wouldn't expect. Like again, as we discussed, like Tien having the Chaozu move where he blows himself up. Yep. Unfortunately, I think Arxis sort of blew their load a bit early by showing all of the dramatic finishes yeah. before the game came out. Yeah. Having said that, the the last one that apparently they did show, but I didn't see until I played the game, was the Yamcha one. Okay. Where he gets revenge on Nappa is pretty funny. Okay. Uh, to the point where Nappa does the Yamcha pose, which is just... Uh, but if you if you don't know the Yamcha pose, just Google it. It's hilarious. Right. Uh, to, to the point where you can actually get like a little figure of Yamcha in that pose and people just take pictures of him in places because that's the character <laughs> Yamcha is. A joke. Oh, he, um, he just wants to get married. Uh, but apo- he wants to impress the ladies. He does. That's all he wants. But I can, as Piccolo said, I can see why Bulma chose Vegeta. <laughs> why, why, Yamcha, why? Uh, apart from story mode, I've also put a bit of time into the arcade. Yeah. Which is pretty basic fighter game, fighting game arcade. You know, you go against 
teams of three which are themed in this case. Like, okay. for example, you might fight Warriors from the Future, and it's Trunks and 18 and maybe Goku Black or someone like that. Right. And it just sort of it themes the teams, and the idea is you continue along a line based on your score, because after each fight you get a ranking of like S, A, B, C, etc. Mm-hmm. And depending on what your overall rank is, it'll d- determine what path you stay on. Obviously, the harder, the higher you score, the harder path you'll be on. Right. So that's kind of interesting. It sort of encourages you to do your best to take as little damage as possible whilst maximizing your your score at the end. But uh, yeah, pretty standard arcade stuff. Just keeps you. It's just a, another extra mode to sort of hammer away at, which is fun. Um, I'm looking forward to jumping into that as well once I've got a good handle on who I like to play with and 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 the controls the- and stuff. The AI there fight back a bit better. So mm. if you're looking for a bit more challenge without going against humans, that's where I'd recommend looking. Yeah. Honestly, if I played this game and I just play the single player stuff and like play against AI and then play like matches with uh, you or Broad or anyone else that we know have got the game, I- I'd be happy with that. Like I honestly don't really find myself going, oh, I want to try and get to the top of the leaderboards. I want to fight real people. Because one, I have garbage internet and Two, I just, I, I, I don't know. It hasn't really clicked. It, that might come down the track. Who knows? But yeah. My only real goal with online is to get to the 530,000 BP uh, ranking. Purely because it's a trophy. Because I actually want to go for platinum in this. It sounds pretty doable. I was looking at it as well. And I also, like, I could probably give this a crack. Yeah, like the toughest one would probably be 530,000. Mm. Because that's, I think... Well, in the beta, I managed to get to 200k. And that was maybe four or five ranks up. So that's okay. probably, it's double that. So right. oh, I don't know how long it'll take, but I've got time now. Yeah. And also just because, again, the trophy list is just full of references to, to Dragon Ball. So I'm like, yeah, I want all of these. I want all these trophies. Of course. Screw it. Of course. But yeah, like Arxis have just, they just nailed it. I'm so happy. And it's cool that like, uh, Ben and Emko and Dimps are still supporting Xenoverse 2. It is getting new content in the future. Because I understand, I've seen a lot of Dragon Ball fans who have not liked this game because they prefer the more 3D free roaming ones, which honestly, Xenoverse is more of an action RPG than a fighting game, and that's fine. It's fun. But the biggest complaint I have with that game in particular, or any of the 3D ones, is half the time your really cool huge beam attacks just don't hit. Right, okay. Because you just like, you just float a centimeter to the left, and it's just like, oh, Okay, that that makes sense. Why wouldn't they do that in a series? Of course, yeah. Why just get hit by it? But uh, in fighters, like the fact that it's a lot easier to hit with those big attacks, and just you just feel the satisfaction is just something that I really dig. Yeah, and the animations of it all are really, 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 really satisfying when you pull them off. Oh yeah, like again, I think I've said it a few times now, but there's a a video and some gifs out there of just people that put the animations and like paste frames from the manga over them and you're just they're perfect yeah yeah arxis did their research yeah it's very good uh even this fucking dragon ball scrub enjoys it so good times good fights and it is officially pronounced fighters fighters yeah. not fighter z it's fighters it makes um i guess both make sense i guess but no, 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 no. Ben and Namco said. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, both make sense. I was about to say, oh, that makes sense that it's fire. But I'm like, no, both make sense, really. Like, because it's Dragon Ball It's Z. weird. Just because, like, 
Yeah, I yeah, it's just weird because the Z's capitalized. I get it because it sort of makes it still Dragon Ball Z, but fighter stuck in there. Yeah. But it's just I'm not sure if it's a great name, honestly. It's, it's a cool game, even, but the name could be better. It's not even fighters, it's fighters. 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 Alright, now we've got our lengthy uh, list of games that well, I've played uh, in the last week out of the way. Uh, I think it's time to jump into some news because we, as we said at the top of the show, we've got uh, a couple of pretty big and interesting news stories that came out this week. We're, we're, we're out of that drought now, that, that early year drought, and we're starting to crawl back into the, the regular normality of life, which is good in a way because it means we've got stuff to talk about, I guess. Um and just stuff is happening. The industry is like, okay, cool, holidays are over. Mm. Let's keep moving forward. Yep, let's 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 plug on. You know, we're we're what like five months away from E three now, so we've got to start thinking about that. So, oh, stop. Yeah. I'm gonna have to ask you to stop. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not because this this year is not gonna stop. So, um, it's not. It's not. Speaking of stopping, check out that segue. Uh the earlier a couple of days ago, um, Epic Games released a statement about uh, the now non-existent future of the uh, free-to-play MOBA Paragon, um, which is the sort of like the the shooter. Was it like was it first person? I don't know. I don't even know. I've really just I think not checked out so any of this game. My knowledge of, of Paragon. I, obviously, to mobile, it is. Mm-hmm. It's. I thought it was sort of third person, like Smite, but yeah, I yeah. Actually, you might be right. I, I have no idea. Like a just a really high, highly detailed game. Like, a, like yeah. Smite. Smite's very um, stylized, whereas Paragon looked like it was just like this is the Unreal Engine and this is how good a game can look in the yeah. Unreal Engine, but a mobile. It looked good, but it looked also a super intimidating, very involved, and just not fun for me personally. Um. And there was, I, I know a lot of, there was a couple of people that, that really got into it. I know uh, Andrea Renee from, from What's Good Games was a big fan of Paragon. It was one of the games that she like played a lot of. Um, so I haven't actually watched the uh, the Kind of Funny Games Daily where they talk about it. I don't know if she's on that episode, but I can only assume that she is. I might have to go back and uh, watch that one. But um, yeah, so in April, uh, they're shutting it down. The game's getting completely shut down. Uh, anyone who's bought the game in, in terms of like founders packs and things like that is getting a full refund from Epic Games. That's the part that's interesting, like a full refund. That's I wonder if it, crazy. Did it come out physically or was it digital only? Oh, I feel like there was a, a physical founders pack or something that, that came so out. I wonder how it works for that. Mm, yeah. Uh, apparently, like if you've got it on PC, you've already got an Epic Games account, but if you're playing on PS4, you need to like link your... PS4 account with an Epic Games account, and you'll be able to get your refund ah, that way. I see how it is. Mm, so they want that, access to your PSN account. Uh huh. That's what I thought too. But uh, yeah, you want to get on that mailing list. Uh, but yeah, so they they I think last week they they put up a post about that they're realizing that the game isn't maybe achieving what they wanted to achieve, and they were going to try and take a few months to try and figure out where the future and where they were going to, how they were going to get, like where the future of Paragon was and how they're going to get there. Um, and apparently that future was shutting it down. Um, uh, they've said, uh, so from the, uh, 
the the statement uh, they've said uh, it is with heavy hearts we've decided to close down Paragon after careful consideration and many difficult internal debates we feel there isn't a clear path for us to grow Paragon into a MOBA that retains enough players to be sustainable we didn't execute well enough to deliver on the promise of Paragon it continued Uh, I'm reading from the Eurogamer article article, of course Uh, we have failed you despite the team's incredibly hard work, and we're sorry. It's so interesting that they specifically call out that they have failed yep. their fans. Like yeah. that, it's... So, like, MOBAs are... They're a special sort of beast. I mm-hmm. feel like there's only... Like, much like MMOs, there's only room for so many at the top. Absolutely. And currently at the top, it's Dota and LOL, and that's yep. really about it. Absolutely. And they've already... They, they've, they've got the market share, and that's not going to change anytime soon, really. Mm. And it was amicable of them to, to like, try, um, really. Mm, absolutely. And the fact of the matter is, too, like, if you want to... I just want to compare this with the statement that EA released regarding <laughs> Battlefront 2. But this is like, look, we fucked up. Uh, we've tried. We've tried so much, and we appreciate the people who have been there from day one, who have been playing, those people who came in and, and, and realized that there was something there that they enjoyed. We appreciate that, but we have failed. And we are sorry. They well, that's those the thing, isn't it? Like, failed they and sorry. Fault. <laughs> yeah, failed and sorry. Those two words. Where EA was just like, yeah, no, thanks for buying the game, guys. Um, we're gonna turn these off for now. But we we really appreciate you like you being there, and we know that you're gonna love what we've got coming for you. And it's like, fuck off. Now, like, come on. I, EA, I, I think there's talk this week about the intense rebalancing of Battlefront Two that will happen going forward. Okay, but. Yes, out the gate, EA's handling of it was terrible. Yeah. Also, you could compare it to Bungie and how much of a shit show oh, Destiny's been. Oh, man. And just and then, how, how Bungie come off as sort of like that, that like, consider it like a relationship with Bungie, really, and they are just, they hurt you, and then they go, oh, but we're sorry, and we'll listen, and we'll change. Yep. And then they hurt you again. Like, yep. that's what Bungie and Destiny has become, and I kind of don't want that in my life anymore. Yeah. sort of... I'm ready to move on from that sort of toxic relationship that I have with Destiny. Absolutely. If I've got like an online experience that I can share with my friends that isn't a shooter, because I've already got Overwatch. When it, if you really want to look at it that way, but if I've got like a, you know like a like a a world to explore with a friend and, and that kind of stuff, I've got Monster Hunter World now, and like I said, that game's getting its hooks in me. Um, but yeah, this is uh this is really I I kind of. I'm pretty sure I've shat on, uh, on on Paragon in the past, either on the episodes I know in private conversations I have because it just didn't appeal to me whatsoever. Um, I mean, we we have again, again, I don't think no offense, but said it much in the show. But yeah, definitely off the podcast, we do frequently talk about how oh, I don't yeah. really get who Paragon's for. Yeah, <sighs> it's it looks cool, but if I wanted to play the third person sort of mobile, I would go for Smite, which is stylized yep. and as sort of really interesting and fun sort of looking characters. And also was, I feel, from what I've played of Smite, more accessible. Yeah. Um, and this... if, I wanted, if I wanted to play a, a MOBA that's more like Dota or LoL, I would probably just play Heroes of the Storm. Yep. Again, because like, of accessibility. Like, it's, you know... Yeah, uh, it's, it's just... Yeah. Paragon never really grabbed me again i'm not no. really a moba fan so i'm not the audience they were aiming for but if you wanted to get me then your, your your moba sort of has to look like it's something i can get into and i remember was it an e3 
they ended with this at one point. I think so. Yeah. Like, was there, it, there was that. Yeah, there was, was like, like a, a PlayStation, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was like an uh, like hyping up an epic announcement at like a PlayStation conference, and it was like it's Paragon. Yeah, a MOBA, th- and I was like, what? Yeah, really? yeah. I think they had a trailer after it that was something big, but yeah. like that that was like their their like last one before that and one more thing moment like it was it just i feel like it happened maybe i'm wrong i'll have to do some research and come back next week but i'm pretty sure that happened and i was just sort of like ah cool another moba yeah good that's what i wanted no um but yeah i i mean like you've got to give him you've got to give him props for just coming out and and biting the bullet and and dealing it with the way they have i feel like they've dealt it with it in a really classy way um being completely straight with their audience um and i feel like that's gonna save face i guess in the long run really um so don't forget the second half of the story as well okay like it's it's a throwaway part but essentially uh in in this message they essentially reveal that Key, key staff from Paragon have already moved on to Epic's successful game, Fortnite. Right. So Fortnite, obviously, is a game that turned heads when it was first announced as like an early access game. You could pay a lot of money to play early. Mm-hmm. But then also, sort of, I would say, started picking up Steam when they put out the free Battle Royale Absolutely, update. yep. And I see more and more people playing that game now, especially Battle Royale. It's not even an and update. Even, Battle Royale's not even an update. It's a standalone thing that's like part yeah, of the like game, you but can, not. You can just play a, that. It's free to play. Yeah. And you so you get like a, a pretty bare bones Fortnite experience out of it. Mm-hmm. But what you get is a Battle Royale game similar to PUBG. But I've actually seen some people online saying they prefer because it was built in a game that works whereas PUBG yeah I get I've never I've never played it but there's ne- there's no end to the talk about how that game actually performs yeah like this feel like from what I can tell from the the two different communities and people that play both of those games it feels like they're saying that Fortnite feels like a finished game like it feels like a yeah. game not like a, a game that's still in early access which is interesting because technically Fortnite is still in early access it is, and, that's, and it's I so weird. But PUBG I think it helps in like Fortnite. four release now. On PC, not on, on Xbox. PC, yeah, right. Um, uh, but yeah, it's just interesting. Uh, honestly, of the two, like, I mean, we played a little bit of Fortnite Battle Royale, and uh, that night we played it for one night. And honestly, it was. I get the appeal. Like, I get it now. Oh yeah, I, I get it. I see it. Um, if I, like I have more that time. Fortnite- like Fortnite has the building stuff as well, which is nice. Yep. And they did just put up that update that adds more areas to the existing map. Yeah. Which is interesting. And it comes back to what uh, you were saying about Paragon as well, but the fact that it is super stylized and the characters are goofy and it's kind of fun and it's very colourful and it looks like, you know, like Disney Pixar's Battle Royale. And I like I like that. It looks it, it looked really fun. It was like a fun world to explore where I mean, obviously there is there is a market for that like gritty realism running oh, yeah. through the, the, the desert or the fucking Russian island or whatever it is. I don't know exactly where it is. It, but... it just comes at a cost to a point where I'm sure PUBG is a fine game, mm-hmm. but it just looks sort of boring visually. And that's just because that sort of game's yeah. not for me. I'm not into yeah. the gritty, realistic shooter all that often unless no. it's got an engaging hook and maybe the Battle Royale part of PUBG is what would hook me. Mm-hmm. Like Battlefront, Battlefield 1, I enjoyed because of 
the World War One aesthetic and the story it was telling and how it did yeah. that. But I've played other like modern shooters and I'm just sort of like, I don't care. I just don't. I, I think Whereas Fortnite we, has the style going for me. We lived through that era too where the, the yeah, well, every true. shooter was brown modern and grey. Like, yeah, it was every shooter was that same colour palette, the same fucking carbon copy, everything. Uh, and so when we started getting those like colourful, different experiences, it was refreshing. And so I think we're sort of still in that mode where we're yeah we like that that aesthetic more than than gritty realism whereas a lot of up-and-coming players that weren't that weren't there for that we're so old but like you know like we're don't say it like that i know but you know what i mean though like it's like we we, we were in that era that that early to mid ps3 xbox uh, 360 era yeah where everything was like modern warfare like you said modern warfare or fucking after Modern Warfare, every game was just that. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Or Gears of War, even like it's. Yeah, Gears of War. Um, it, it had other stuff going for it. Mm. Um, even like those. Never like, forget the. Mm. I was gonna say, never forget the Medal of Honor reboot. <laughs> oh, Warfighter. Well, there was Medal of Honor, and then there was Warfighter. Oh, that's right. There was two. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. Um. Uh, Vale. I mean. Paragon. My opinion on PUBG could probably change if I play it, but yeah, like just Absolutely. comparing them side to side, like at the gate, Fortnite just engages me more, if and, that makes sense. And if Paragon staff are going to move on anywhere, it absolutely makes sense to put them yep. on Fortnite because it's just doing so well for Epic. Because that's the thing, like, you know, a lot of people jumped in the free Battle Royale and they went, oh, this is kind of fun. Oh, the building stuff? Oh, that's interesting. They've researched a little bit. I actually know someone who went through this. They played a lot of the for- uh, the Battle Royale uh, during the sale and Christmas, they were like, oh, actually, I might give the PvE stuff a go and downloaded like one of the founders packs while it was on sale. And they were like, it's actually kind of fun. It's actually a I really fun lie. game. It crossed my mind. Yeah, it me did. too. Me too. If you'd pulled that trigger, I would have come after you. Like, like it, I would have just been like, all right, fine, Kyron's got it. I'll do it. Like, <laughs> I, it's, I was waiting for it. It's just fun. And I, yeah, Ooh. after playing Battle Royale, it was in the back of my mind. It was on sale over Christmas and I was so close, but I just couldn't get there each time. Yeah. But yeah, it's a shame to see, but like, it is always sad to see something like this happen, mm-hmm. but at least the developers are sort of owning it. And it sounds like they'll, they won't exactly be out of a job, which is always a positive. No. They'll just move on to another project. That's that's obviously so, yeah. more successful. Like, you know, so yeah. they might get a little more recognition, a little bit more, a little bit more work out of it, which is good. Uh, but uh, speaking of, I guess, Xbox and PUBG and whatnot, but like Xbox in general, uh, Xbox dropped some dropped a pretty big bombshell. Uh, it's a huge bombshell. I feel like it was yeah early this week. Yeah, um, it was a few days ago now. Yeah, so uh, Xbox have a, a a program called Xbox Game Pass, which uh, if you're not aware of, it's basically like Xbox's version of Netflix for games. Um, they've got a library of of over, I think at the moment, 100 games, um, and you pay a monthly subscription, uh, and you get access to all of them, as long as you keep that subscription up, which is in and itself fucking brilliant, because it's what a lot of people have been saying that everyone needs to be doing right now, especially with Nintendo in, in terms of their virtual console and, and what we might see from that. Um, this, this is paving the way for that kind of future, that sort of digital-only future. 
and they've sort of doubled down on that this week because uh, not only obviously all the games that are on there are either like 360 games that are on backwards compatibility or um, Xbox One games that have been out for quite a while now or uh, indie games that have been out for quite a while um, which is not to sort of like you know downplay them or anything but you know they're old older games um, but Xbox are changing that now by saying that uh, from this point forward all uh, first party Microsoft releases for Xbox One will be a part of Xbox Game Pass uh, including the ones that they've listed so far uh, Crackdown 3, State of Decay 2 and the biggest one Sea of Thieves now it's big because Sea of Thieves is the day it comes out March 20. Yes. If you have an Xbox and you don't want to go down to the store and pay 80, 90 dollars for it, mm-hmm. you sign up for this and you get a copy to download. As long yep. as you keep paying that subscription, you own Sea of Thieves. You don't even have to it's that's a good idea. It's an interesting idea but I'm curious to see how it'll affect things in the long run. Yeah. But it's a really interesting idea. It's very interesting, especially because Sea of Thieves is a right around the corner. Like it's not far it's away. So close. It's, it's March, isn't it? Yeah, March 20. It comes yeah, out. March 20. Like I, I that's crazy because I'm obviously I think State of Decay 2 is like later this year, but like Crackdown 3 we don't have no idea when that's fucking coming no, out. We have no clue. It's and like 2020 at this stage, but it also is worth mentioning mentioning that they do name drop Halo, Forza, and Gears of War. Mm-hmm. Like when the next iterations of those franchises come out, they will be a part of this as well. Yeah. So obviously, like Halo makes sense because it's fucking Halo and Forza as well. But Gears of War, from what I gathered, seemed like it was pretty done in terms of, I guess, the Marcus Phoenix and 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 that sort of line of stories. Yeah, um, but don't forget they made a studio just to make Years of War games. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And they did do Judgment, which was like like separate from that, I'm pretty sure. Yes, yeah, it basically picked up the story afterwards with new characters, as well as including Marcus Phoenix and probably other guys, I don't know. At least Marcus Phoenix was in the game. But yep. yeah, like this is the first we're hearing of a new Halo, Forza, and Gears. Perhaps that'll be the E3, who knows? Yep. Uh this is just such a, a weird move. It honestly. is. The other thing to be um, factored into this as well is this counts for the PC versions as well. You can buy Xbox Does Game it? Pass. I believe I read about this. If you buy it on... If you can get Xbox Game Pass, it still counts with because it's like Play Anywhere, the Xbox Play Anywhere. Um, So you can use that and play on PC and pay like a monthly subscription for these first-party Microsoft games. I, I could be wrong about that. If someone wants to fact-check I'm me. trying to find out, yeah. because that would be great. I, th- I, th- I, feel, I felt like I read an article that was to do with that. Obviously, it was so memorable that I remembered all of it, but, I, I mean, it. yeah. Oh. I feel like I read that. But if that's the case... Oh, I, do, I, do so, I do so a VG247 article here that mentions Xbox mm-hmm. Game Pass first-party release day availability also works on PC. Yes. Yeah, that was... So, yeah, mm. you could be right. Wow, that that's is huge. insane. Like, this is... If, if it's a, yeah, if it's a Play Anywhere title, it will count on PC. Yep. Oh. Yep. Oh. That's, yeah, massive. So... So... Oh, Jesus. I guess the thing to consider here, like... Uh, Xbox is sort of moving towards... I mean, this sort of reminds me of what the Xbox One was going to be way back when it was revealed as that DM heavy machine. Right. Where you would just 
have access to the games you wanted without needing discs and just making it a, a Netflix style service makes sense. Uh-huh. I'm curious to know how that'll work like sales wise. Do we, yeah. well, it's not going to really hit like, is that going to affect the sales of the games? And I guess if you've got enough players paying monthly, cause I think you also have to have a gold subscription separate from this as well. Don't you? I think so. Yeah. I think it's yeah. part of, actually, no, I don't think you do, but obviously if you want to play the multiplayer in those games, you need to have. Yeah. yeah that's what well. I was referring to really. Like, um, so like see of thieves, you will need gold. For of course. Yeah. Of course. Um, so if they can get people on a string of those subscriptions, that might actually like make up for it. I, I guess. think that's what they're trying to go for here. I guess they're trying to just double down and lay all their cards on the table and go, "Hey, and why not?" Absolutely, they've got they've got nothing to lose really at the moment. Um, so here's the thing that I really love about a company not being first, and I I am aiming a lot of this at Sony. They they have to experiment. Like Nintendo put the Switch out there, this weird little console portable hybrid that yep. sure isn't as powerful as the other consoles, but what you lack in power you gain in portability. It's the little and console that's that could. That's the little exactly. console that could. And Xbox themselves, they just put out the One X and they've been very hardware focused, but this is just a weird left field announcement where they're like, you know what? Screw it. If you get Game Pass, have our first party exclusives. Why not? Which Game Pass on its own was a real left field it was, announcement it too. It was. And it was very much like this as well. It was just like a press statement from Phil Spencer. It was like, there you go. It wasn't like yeah. a big thing. It was like, yeah, we're doing this thing. And everyone's like, wait, what? So we can pay a monthly and download these games? Yeah. Wait, what? So all first-party Microsoft games are going to be day and date on this as well? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. And it just, it just makes Sony look a little bit silly sitting there going, hey, you should definitely sign up for PlayStation now. It's like, why would I? No. Why exactly. would I sign up for that service to stream PS3 and PS4 games when, come on, Microsoft is here doing Game Pass Mm-hmm. Where they're just going to be like, here you go, just download the games. As long as you keep subscribing, game's yeah. yours. You can download it, play it, bam. Well, let's face it. Come I mean, on, PlayStation. Like, Sony Sony were poking fun at the whole like, backwards compatibility thing anyway. But, fuck, it's it's worked for Microsoft. I mean, every week they release, like, two or three more games. They're like, yeah, this is backwards compatible now. It's working through I the am, library. I am openly envious that if I... If I could be bothered firing up my Xbox One, I could play Red Dead Redemption on it. Yeah. To play that's... it on PS4, I have to get now and stream it. And in Australia, I'm pretty sure that's not even an option no, here. I'm pretty sure Sony was just like, there's no point. Like, you can't... Your internet sucks, guys. There's no point you getting the service. I, yeah, it's... Ugh, fucking hell. Um, but yeah, I like, this is awesome. This is great. It is. This is a really cool idea. It's a really and like, fucking if I, cool idea. If I could b- shoulder another subscription, I already have a lot of things oh, that yeah. auto-debit my bank account every month. Yep. Like, that's... Oh, Joel, this is... I, I just keep... Like, I keep thinking about it and just thinking about cool possibilities. Yep. I could I could just sign up for a month to play CFEs for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And see if you like, like it. I, and then down the track, if yeah. you wanted to buy the full game and support them or, or whatever. That, that, yeah, this is wow. cool it's shit. A, oh, it's a cool idea. This I, is I, cool shit. Um, and it's like, I, it's I like say, 12 kudos bucks to Microsoft. Yes, yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Um, what I hope from this situation, I hope, I know they're probably not, but I hope Nintendo is taking notes. Well, so that's the thing. Nintendo's already had like this, this service would make so much sense for Nintendo. Absolutely. And I feel like, holy shit, if this, 
Whoa, not even. I, I, I think just the the games pass by itself without the day and date first party releases on it. I think this is what Nintendo need to do going forward. But well, because there's already there's already talk about like how their online subscription will work as a sort of Netflix sort of thing. We haven't heard anything yet, and we desperately need them to say something slash anything about yeah. the online. We appreciate the, the Mini Direct would... and Labo. Like, we appreciate those things. Yeah, which they're cool. St- uh, sorry, I just want to take an uh, aside here. Brod, I'm very sorry that I pronounced it Labo. He was very upset at that. Apparently, oh, okay. It's Labo. Okay, so from that's, now that's... on, I will refer to it as Labo. Okay? Nintendo Labo. I, 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 this Coming is out, a formal apology to, to one Broderick Ordez. Um But yeah, I, I think... Yeah, Nintendo, this is something they need to be doing. Yeah, like, if I could, like, pay a fee and just have access to Nintendo's first-party lineup, Mm -hmm. like, I would absolutely do that, because I'm going to buy those games anyway. And even if it was, like, what, 20 bucks a month or something, like, I'm like, that's, it's going to pay for itself, like, really. Yeah, Uh, so that's where it gets trickier, I guess, at least. Like, with Xbox, they have, like, the third-party stuff to sort of back them up. Yeah. Because Microsoft don't put out a whole lot of first-party games. No. So you have to wonder if on some level they were like, you know what, we don't really put that much out. Like, why not just do this and see if this brings in more people? We'll probably still sell some physical copies, but if this brings new people to the Xbox brand, then that's a win. Nintendo themselves also, I guess you could argue, like, their, their, like, primo quality first-party stuff is usually pretty spaced out. Right, yeah. They do have, like, the smaller... Like, they've got the throwaway ones, like a Kirby, a Yoshi game here and there. Yep. But they, I'm not sure if they could get the third-party stuff on board. I guess that's where the virtual console might fill that gap. I think I think Nintendo are only just starting to build back the bridges they've burnt with third-party... <laughs> or that third-parties had burnt with Nintendo. Let's put it that way, because it wasn't just Nintendo's fault. They put out oh, a machine that, it... was, that, that was crap, yes. Don't get me wrong. But also... I mean, this... Mm. It dates back to the GameCube. The GameCube came out, it was a powerful console, it had third-party support, but it didn't set the world on fire. No. Granted, it's because the PS2 did. Of course. And then they were like, okay, let's just like hook a right here and go to the Wii. And then third parties sort of jumped on that because they were like, hey, this is selling really well. But they mostly made shovelware. Absolutely. And then... The Wii U came out, and it's just like, whoa, okay, let's put some ports on here. No one wants them. We give up. We're out. Yeah. And now the Switch has come out, and everyone was sort of like going, I don't know. It's out. People love it. And everyone's like frantically scrambling to get their shit on it. You you can see with the third parties just going, crap, we've got to get stuff on this system. It's like the fastest selling console in America. Yep. In 10 months. Like, it just is. It's, um, yeah, I think it outsold... In Japan, like it out, it, it's it's almost at the same amount in the first ten months that the PS2 sold. I feel I read something like that. that it was like some stat that was like it was close to the PS2 in Japan. I was like, "Woo!" It's getting crazy numbers. Big numbers. It's outpacing the Wii in some regions, which yeah. is again the Wii was crazy. It was a so phenomenon. There's that, a lot that of potential here. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah, man, but. Again, like you said, kudos to Xbox for this. Like, and Microsoft, like, this is uh, yeah, this is big news. Um, again, it could it could shake things up a little bit for the better. Maybe it'll wake Sony up and take uh, backwards compatibility more seriously. I severely doubt it. I doubt just it because I they're they're way up there on their throne and they don't really care. Look, I, and look, you know, we're not 
we're both like openly PlayStation players, but that's not because we're like fuck Xbox, it's shit. Like it's because like it had more exclusives that I like. If I'm looking at a, a oh, yeah. standard point, like a point of view right now, I'm going. It's got more exclusives that I like on it or that I'm interested in. It's got more exclusive. Full stop. I guess. And that's not shit talking. That's just looking at the numbers. So here's the thing for me. Like, I really enjoy Japanese games. And yeah. Xbox doesn't do well in Japan. Nope. So there's a, a decent amount of Japanese games. It just doesn't get. Yep. So that's why I gravitated to PlayStation. Absolutely, yeah. And I gravitated towards PlayStation because you and all of my other friends did the and same. That's all it takes. So I was like, all right, we pull- that's it. Yeah, I'm a PlayStation we- fan now. We pulled a friend from Xbox 360 to PS4 when the new generation started. We did, yeah. Oh, Just because we were all there. He was like, he was full 360, like, woof. Um, he, had a, he had a hefty gamer score. Uh, yeah, yeah, he certainly did. Um, but yeah, this is going to be interesting to see how this plays out and unfolds in the future. Very cool. Xbox owners uh, are going to, I think they're going to light this up. And yep. I just think it's going to get more people on, on Xbox, and that's what Microsoft want. Yep. They want people on Xbox. If they're paying a monthly fee, that's fine. Yeah. I the don't even, are, if the numbers are there, they'll be happy. I don't even think they want to be the best at the moment because they know nah. how well the Switch is doing. They know how well the PS4 is doing. They just want people there. They just want people. They're like, yeah, come on. Like, and I, That sounds like a fucking sledge, but it's not. It's like they just want... They're like, cool, well, well, the, the stuff we've got is pretty good. You can come in, like, like, some of it's great, like Cuphead. Like, Cuphead's really good, guys. You can play it on Xbox if you don't want to build a PC. Like, like, like I said, like, it's it's when you're not first is when you come up with more interesting ideas. Mm-hmm. It's just how it is. And that's why, as good as Sony is doing, a lot of changes they could probably afford to look into implementing just aren't happening because they don't need to because they're just selling heaps of consoles i feel like like you know that that <laughs> that part from that simpsons episode the the cult one with like the leader flying away in the machine that's slowly yeah. <laughs> falling apart that's how i yeah. feel like sony is at like almost at this point where they're like yeah we've been doing so well oh it's all starting to crumble around us now because the switch is doing really well if his xbox game pass thing takes off that could be a real problem oh shit what I've- do we do I think the eventual reveal for the PS5 will be very telling because the PS2 was incredible. It sold heaps, much like the PS4. Yep. And then Sony got their own head stuck a bit up their asses. Oh, yeah. And the PS3's launch was a... It was a reveal was a disaster. Yeah, that so video's infamous, like, that, that, that they, cut-together they video. They got humbled severely, and that's why we got the PS4. We got the same, like, with Nintendo getting humbled by the Wii, with the Wii U, we got the Switch. It happens. These things happen. Microsoft did really well for 360, thought they could just be like, okay, cool, here's a DRM Xbox One. Internet backlashed hard, and they basically had to redesign, like, re- like backtrack all that stuff and rebuild their brand. And it's just interesting to see how these things go. But what has and Sony learned? Sony. Sony's learned that they they can they could make fun of Xbox that one is three with all their backwards with the used game stuff and yeah. all that and just they were just having the time of their life with the jokes. They They're never number one. They crashed hard with the fucking PS3 and then they got back on top with the PS4 and when they were back on top, they started fucking shit talking again and it's like all right, okay, okay, 
I see what you're trying it's, to do yeah. here, but like fucking calm down. You're not out of the woods yet. All this stuff is so interesting, and, and that's not even to just feed into the console wars stuff, which honestly, grow up. <laughs> is garbage. Like, yeah. But Sony could learn a thing or two from sort of Nintendo and Xbox sort of innovating in certain ways. But again, they don't also have to because they are market leader. So yep. screw it. They're, they're sitting pretty. But I just wish they would sort of turn their heads a little bit. But I, it, it could be next gen until that happens at this point. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I reckon it is time to almost round out the show. But before we do that, I think it's time to get into some questions from our listeners. Um, I do like questions. Me too, and we've got a couple of good ones this week. I'm pretty one's pretty one's pretty meaty. One's a good question, and one's a very meaty question. Um, so yes, let's kick it off. Uh, first of all, we got a question from Lauren, Lauren from the OK Games crew and the OK Games podcast, which you should check out. They stream Tuesday nights. Their podcast live is very good. Uh, I love all of those guys. Um, I. I They've their their recent addition to the podcast, like the podcast side of things. Uh, Josh Cotter uh, is I I kind of he's a a good person. I really like him. He seems to be like a fan of Easy Allies. He's a PlayStation boy. He likes JRPGs. So his number one game was Persona Five last year. So that was always a big tick in my book. So thumbs up for him. Um, it's a good choice. Yeah, it's a good but, choice. But uh, yeah, so, well, obviously because we made it our choices. So, um, but Lauren. Uh, is very wonderful as well. It, it was her birthday this week as well, so happy birthday to her. But Lauren, it was uh, your birthday this week. It was. It was. I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to make it about me. I mean, I did, but that's you know, I'm being humble. Well, Karen. belated happy ha- happy podcast birthday. Oh, y'all. thank there you. you go. Thank you, Karen. I appreciate it. It was a good day. A good You're welcome. Day. But Lauren asks us, what are your favorite and least favorite video game bosses and why? Uh, oh, I, 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 I feel like you've got one. I could make lists. <laughs> yeah, I, the the one that comes to mind for you uh, is where po- I'm. I'm going to get to experience for the first time very soon. So, I feel. Yeah. yeah. Well, you are, you're on the right track. I assume you're thinking of a Dark Souls boss. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there are two in particular from Dark Souls One that are like, if not my all time favorites, they are way up like. They are in the top of the top yep. of my list. Uh, one of those is Orsin and Smo in Dark Souls 1. Yep. I'm very curious to see how that boss fight holds up in particular. That was the one I was just, thinking but I, Yeah, I remember like just hitting that boss. Like You fight through Anor Londo, an infamously difficult part in Dark Souls 1, and there is just so much in their design to just make you angry. <laughs> and you're like, okay, cool, I reached the boss. I'm nearly done. And you walk through that fog gate and you're greeted by two health bars, this huge guy with a huge hammer, and then a tall slender guy with a spear. And you're just like, oh, cool. All right. This is fine. This is not going to be easy, but I can manage. And you sort of start the fight and you chip away and you empty a bar on one of them. And you're like, all right, cool. Only one to go. And then it has a cutscene where the, the one that survived basically absorbs the power of the other one and just goes, all right, let's go again. And it's... It's just one of those fights that when you overcome it, you like the rest of Dark Souls one after that, and I know a lot of people probably say this, it isn't that bad. Okay. Orson and Smo is sort of like, all right, can you do this? Cool. Here's the rest of the game. It almost feels like the real 
an introduction to Dark Souls 1, and then you can sort of experience the rest of the game with not too much difficulty, in my opinion. But right. that's just because anything after Ornstein and Smo just doesn't feel that bad, yeah. really. Yep. And the other one from Dark Souls 1 that I really, really love, and it's not even because it was difficult, it's just it's more related to the incredible, detailed, rich lore of the game, is in the Artorias of the Abyss DLC, the boss fight against Artorias himself. Just because the boss is so awesomely designed, his moveset is incredible, it's a tense as hell fight. Yep. And the story of Artorias is just sort of a bummer. Fair enough. And it almost feels like you're doing him a favor in a way. Oh, that's because not good. It's just, yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting boss fight. I really like it. Artorias is probably my favorite Dark Souls character. Yep. He's just rad. And he's got and of course there's all, all the stuff with Sif, the wolf as well, his companion that you can also tack onto that boss fight, but adds even more emotional baggage. Yep. But yeah, like those are probably my two favorites. But that's again, I can make lists of just bosses from different games. Those are two Dark Souls ones that in particular will always stick with me. Right. Well, I think I I've got three that come to mind. Um Yep. Uh, one's a the, the Soulsborne game, which is Bloodborne. Um, I think just off the top of my head, just because I love the setting of it, um, the fight with German at the end is fucking stunning. Like it's the, the fact that it's in this like graveyard with all the flowers, and like I, again, his move set is fucking crazy cool. Um, I know there are other better probably boss fights in Bloodborne. Oh. Um, one I haven't experienced yet because it's in the DLC. Um, there is, yeah, there's one in particular in the DLC. Mm-hmm. Oh, Joel. Like I said, I could just, I could do, I could go on yeah. about Soulsborne bosses. Yeah. But yeah. I just, I, I like that too. And the fact that it, it for me personally, I guess like, I, this is like a personal thing. Um, one of the other fo- boss fights is to do that as well. But like, it's a, the fact that it was the end of the, the end of this game that I had, I had worries and doubts that I was going to be able to finish. And it was the final boss fight, and I did it, and I did the fucking proper ending of it as well. I fought the fucking, um, fucking moon phase of it or whatever it is. The you ate all those wonderful umbilical cords. I did, yeah. I munched down on those. I can't remember the full name of it, but yeah. Um, and I I beat that. Got the got the ending, and and but the, the fight scene itself was just. When he gets out of that you chair. You conquered Bloodborne. Yeah, when he gets out of that chair and he fucking brings that scythe out, and you're like, oh, fucking, this is it. This is the end. This is where... it's. And again, like you said, it's not a particularly tough fight, It's, but it's it's setting where it is and it's all been leading to that point and he's finally like, no, The culmination. You. Yeah. Um, and and I also, like, I would also... Personally, for me, not to hijack this, no. but the, the choice you get with him as well sort of yeah. makes that fight even more personal yeah because you can you can just be like okay fair enough sure kill me yeah and it'll, it'll be a cutscene, and you you will die yep or you can be like no dude no and fight him and that's you. just it's yeah. cool that you get that choice yeah um so yeah I, I i that's one of my my favorites there um one of the other ones is from uh, the final boss fight in bayonetta one because it's just insanity and when, it's balls of a wall crazy. Oh, and when I you, couldn't even oh, explain that boss fight. I, I'm not even going to bother trying to, especially because it's coming out again soon and people should play it on the Switch, because fuck me. That Bayonetta 1 is a very good game. A Bayonetta 2 is a much better game. 
but the ending of Bayonetta 1, that boss fight, is just fucking chaos, and I love it so much. And then when you think you're done with it, you're not done with it, and it just fucking comes back again, and it's like, in the best way possible, and I love that. I love that left, like, the, the sharp turns that it takes, and the fucking, it's the best. Um, so if you've got a Switch and you haven't played Bayonetta, I, I fucking buy fucking buy it you've got no excuse it's coming up real quick like mm. it's in a couple of weeks yeah it's i'm gonna probably buy it again just because i'm ready to play i won't at launch again. but i not, will pick it up launch. eventually yeah not at launch but i'm ready to play through those games again because fucking yeah just, like, i also just want to support the bayonetta franchise because i love it and because we're getting three karen we're getting, we're a, getting third. a third bayonetta how oh, insane is that I'm so excited. um but yeah so, thank you base camilla oh fuck yeah um but the i can't even remember the name of the boss fight it's, but yeah, that that final boss fight in Bayonetta one is insanity, um, and the last one that comes to mind into my favorite boss fights, um, again for a personal reason, is oh, funnily enough uh, the fight against boss in Metal Gear Solid three. Oh, Joel, that's a brilliant pick. <laughs> yeah, it's it's again, oh. it's I, I I've said this I've said this multiple times I think on the show and in my personal conversation and whatnot but it's the same feeling that i have that you have about i, th- I feel about um final fantasy 7 that it was the first game that made you sort of feel something about a video game um i've got i, I now want to talk about more bosses after you finish talking uh, about yeah cool. we have an episode where we just talk about bosses we really should till we've opened the floodgates lauren um but yeah I, I, the the fact of the matter that the way that that boss fight ends and the consequences of that boss fight uh Already, that makes it like I cut above the above the rest. But the fight itself is fucking awesome. Um, again, for the that in terms diabolical of, conclusion. Oh, in terms of the, the the setting as well as well in like this field of fucking flowers, it is just you and boss going like head to head, and it's it's amazing. And then it culminates with the. Uh, Forcing you to do something you probably don't really want to do. Um, and yeah, that was, again, for me personally, it was the first time I felt something about a video game character. Where I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to pull this trigger. I don't, I, I put the controller down. I was like, I'm not doing this. I don't want to. Until the game's like, well, but you, you, have, to. you have to do it. Oh, yeah. So that, that alone is one of the, the reasons what makes like Snake Eater one of my favorite games of all time. But, that in particular is one of my best, favorite boss fights from memory. Easily, yeah, that's a really good pick. Mm, yeah, as I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that one. Nearly, nearly every single Metal Gear boss could make it onto this question True. for me. Like yeah. Sniper Wolf in Metal Ooh, Gear One is such a cool mm. fight. Just a cool sniper fight. Yep. And sure, there's the end in MGS Three is really yep. good. Psycho Mantis. I really like, like that fight against Sniper Wolf. Sniper. Oh, fucking switch those control ports yeah psycho mantis just in terms up. of what it what it did like like meta wise in terms of uh making you switch control ports and reading your memory card and stuff like that that's crazy cool stuff um, fighting liquid snake shirtless on top of metal oh Gear Rex. yes fist fighting him yeah and again then metal gear solid four, four payoff yep. on haven yep. like fighting like punching ocelot through all four games yeah exactly as the music plays oh. The UI changes to match the game you're yep. in. Incredible. Oh. Incredible. 
Um, and, Metal Gear, and series even, of good boss fights. And even fucking, as much as I don't like the story of Mergislav 5, but the Solanthropus fight was fucking cool too. It was cool. It, it almost, it kind of stretched my believability a little bit because mm, I was like, yeah. man, Snake, you were just taking on this mecha. Yep, yep. Like, okay. It was like, yeah. It can transform. Sure, why not? But it wasn't Snake, remember? No, it wasn't Snake. Oh, Metal Gear Solid 5 spoilers. I don't uh, give a fuck. A couple more. I don't give a fuck. I'm saving people for playing that garbage storyline. <laughs> um, uh, another Dark Souls boss for me. Mm-hmm. From Dark Souls 3 yep. in the Ashes of Ariandel DLC expansion. Only because I recently did it again the other night. Just reminded me of how much of an incredible boss fight it is against Sister Frida. Mm. Where you walk through the fog gates and the scene's set pretty clearly. You go, you talk to this this huge chained up figure at the end of a hallway and you're like, okay, wow, here's a boss. And then from behind you through the fog gate just walks this what looks like a nun sort of character. She's got like just casual clothing on, like just draping black attire, yep. barefoot, carrying a scythe, just runs her fingers along it. And then she's the boss and you're like, all right, let's do this. And she has an incredible move set. I posted a gift the other day on my Twitter feed. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And you beat her and you're like, okay, all right, that was cool. And then you get a cutscene. The big guy is furious and essentially starts a fire with his bowl to enkindle her and bring her back, like how you would use an ember on yourself right. in Dark Souls 3. Yep. And she gets back up again, and you've got to fight them both. They share a health bar, and it's an intense fight because you've got to deal with two of them. If you've got a summon, you can sort of split them up, but it's still really tricky. And, you're, and you take them down, and you're like, okay, I'm done. Where's my cutscene? Because nothing <laughs> plays this time, and you're sort of like, okay, I haven't gotten any souls yet. Yeah. And if you if you haven't been paying, if you're not looking at where Frida is, she might get the jump on you. But if you're looking at her, you just see the health bar pop up again, and it fills a third time <sighs> as she gets up off the ground. Like she pulls out a second slice, and you're like, I'm tapped. It's like, I got nothing. This bitch. <laughs> we are doing this again. She is not giving up, and I. From software games, I, I'll say it until the day I die. Their boss fights are the bread and butter of that series. Absolutely. But that Frida boss fight, just that third phase, with that watching that bar fill up, and you're like, "All right, this is it. This is this is it. I've got like hardly any flasks left. I'm hurt pretty bad. She's got a full health bar, and she's pissed. Yep. But there's there's no nothing gets your blood pumping quite like that. Oh yeah. Uh but I feel like I should use not Dark Souls bosses. So as you said, Final Fantasy, yeah. I, the fight against Sephiroth at the end, not the weird one-winged angel one because yeah. it has that attack that goes for like six minutes. And <laughs> as cool as that song that plays in that fight is, fuck Meteor. Well, you can fast forward but, it now, like at least in the, the new oh, versions. Like, yeah, true. But the the fight after that, but the fight that's not even really that tricky because the goal is to just use Omni Slash on him. Yep which is just Cloud versus Sephiroth 1v1 in the live stream, yep. is incredible. It's a great fight, and just the way it ends with him reaching up and grabbing a hand, which you think is Eris's, but it's obviously Tifa's, and it's just emotional culmination yeah. of that game is perfect. Again, there are just franchises with good boss fights. Final oh, Fantasy yeah. has them, Metal Gear, well, obviously the Souls games. I've got one more, one more good yep. one, okay? Yep. Um, not from a franchise. Zelda has heaps of good ones. Yeah, Zelda <laughs> has amazing ones as well, but uh, not from 
a franchise, and I want to preface it. Okay. Preface it. Preface it. Preface it with Pre- a spoiler. Yeah, Thank you. Uh, with a spoiler <laughs> warning, because even though this game is old, I feel like you shouldn't have this game spoiled if you want to play it. Uh, and it's from Undertale. So, which boss are you talking? Because this game has two incredible boss fights. Yeah, I, 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 I'm thinking of mainly Flowey, just because, okay, yeah. like the 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 shit that you go through in that fight is crazy it's cool. Insane. Like it's really cool, and the fact that Flowey is this unhinged flower that's yeah, I, I, and the way he abuses the the game, like the mechanics of the game to beat you as well. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, it's really cool, and I, 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 it blew me away with that. Like that was it, again, culminating with like what was already an amazing, amazing experience, um, and culminating in this just fucking batshit insanity of like, what is what is happening? What is what is going on right now? What what are you doing to my computer? Like, yeah, that was cool. So since you put up on the tail and you've put up the spoilers warning, I'm yep. going to have the other end of that stick, which is the Sans fight on yeah. the genocide run. Yeah, I that haven't fight, done that, but yeah. If if only for the music, which is Megalo- Megalovania, mm-hmm. which is an incredible track. Oh yeah, uh, that fight is unrelenting. It is punishing. Yep, it will kick your ass. You will if unless you're like. I don't know if you could do a first go unless you were like some sort of, I don't know how you do it. Even it's like, like the best person who plays Vance, video yeah. games. Like yeah. that fight against Sans is insane. Every time he kills you and you just reload your save and go back, he will keep count. He's like, Oh, I've beaten you six times. You want to go again? Fuck. And the way you beat him, I don't know if I want to spoil it. Cause it's really cool, but how you do it is incredible. Right. And, It'll make you feel like garbage doing the genocide run, full disclosure, because you essentially exterminate everything. I'm yet to do and that. And in the yeah. ends, yeah, in the end, Sans is just like, I gotta stop you. Yeah. I gotta do it. And he does everything in his power, and you just have to overwhelm him in such a horrible way. Sans, oh, just Undertale. Undertale is Undertale's such a, a fucking cool game. game. Such a great game. Um, all right. Well, like I said, I could talk about bosses forever. We there's, could. There's so many good bosses. All right. Out there. Let's let's try and pick. Oh, I can't even think of one. But like, worst boss you've played. You've worst played. boss. Yeah. Um, can I nominate every boss that was in Skyward Sword? <laughs> you mean just the one For that both? was that fucking giant blob thing? Yeah. Well, that what's a pretty bad boss fight. That was pretty. It's god awful. It's boring. You do it like three times and it doesn't really change at all. Yep. I'm just more so thinking like those bosses would have not fun with those motion controls, yeah, especially true. that last boss when you fight against Demise. Yep. Oh my God. Yep. Just Wii Motion Plus nightmares. Uh, if you want to talk about like maybe bad controls in a Nintendo game that really impaired me uh, fucking recently, Diganaut from Metroid Samus Returns can go fuck itself. <laughs> um, look that was a hard boss I didn't think it was terrible on the level of some of the bosses but it was definitely he did too much damage he did too much damage I, I, I think for the con- like the setup of the 3DS it was a little bit too fiddly for my liking it's because it required a circle pad pro and that's I mean the circle joystick itself and that just doesn't work yeah. well for pinpoint going from crouching like ball mode to standing and moving around and all that it just yeah. doesn't work yeah 
I just remember, a D-pad would have worked better, but that was for other stuff, unfortunately. I just remembered a really good one that I actually like as well, another good one. I can't think of any other really bad ones off the top of my head, really, to be honest. Um, uh, look, there's probably heaps. I, I just remember hating nearly all of the Skyward Sword bosses, just because I... Yeah, fighting those motion controls was not fun. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if it's a bad... I hate Walnir in Dark Souls 3. That is my example for a terrible Dark Souls boss. Yeah, I I hate it. I didn't hate I didn't hate um no. Nah. Well, I don't know. I didn't hate this particular boss, but like it, it was, wasn't great. It was frustrating more than anything, but the fucking um Oh, what's the one we in Bloodborne where you fight the three of them at once? The fucking Shadows of Yarnum? Oh, Joel. I I love the Shadows of Yarnum. It's good. It's frustrating though. It is frustrating, uh, especially because the goal when you get down to the last shadow oh. is you just want to stun lock him so he can't do his ridiculous snake tentacle oh, attack. But piece of shit. Yeah. I, that fight was such an interesting one just for like trying to lure the AI around the arena so you would block out other, the other two yeah, from attacking that's while, true, you, actually. while you dealt with one. So you go to the second one and then try to block the third one and deal with him and then... Mm. Showdown with the last one, but yeah, I, like I, it, okay, it I, was frustrating at times. I retract that one, and I I put forward Rom the vacuous because fucking fucking these fucking spider ads, piece of shit. Yeah, look, the spiders just were, he shit. was not great. He spiders so sort of did too much damage. Yeah, his attacks weren't great. The spiders would distract you, and if you weren't paying attention, they could do like a ridiculous lunge attack oh, that just did yeah. way too much damage. Just carve you up. Um. I can't think of any other bad ones, though, really. One day, we'll just do a boss episode. We should do that. I'll do yeah. some research yeah. and just, like, go through video game bosses. I like that. The other, the other one I remember that I really liked was um, the uh, the final fight against Bowser in um, Yoshi's Island. But we've spoken yeah. about that on the Yoshi's Island episode, which you should go and listen to if you haven't. Because, yeah, like, I would also put up the Mother Brain boss fight from Super Metroid Fucking just because of the uh, emotional payoff of the baby Metroid as well. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Heartbreaking, and I will have vengeance upon her every single time. Anyway, I think I think you're right. We probably should do a, bo- a bosses episode one Just day. Just a boss episode. Fuck that. We could go pick a quiet week. We could go deep on that. I think we should. Um, but thank you, Lauren, for your question that sort of like spiraled out of control slightly. Um, well, we hope you enjoyed our answers. Um, but yeah, go and check out OK Games for sure. Uh, speaking of people that we really like that also run podcasts. Our last question this week comes from Smooth. Uh, yeah, hey, look, I'm I'm getting this segue thing. I'm getting down. I'm starting. To, I'm starting. To, my brain's starting to think that way now. Um, but yeah, we have a question from uh, Mr. Roderick Cortez, a good friend of ours and also co-host of the Hunting Seasons podcast, which I have been told is coming back next week uh, for their second season. Uh, and they're going to be starting off with season one of The Wire. Um, that is a. Uh, I'm excited to see what they think. Yeah, I have not watched The Wire, so <laughs> probably don't listen to the episode. Probably not going to do that. Um, uh, you should if you've listened to, if you've watched The Wire. You should yeah, go and listen to them, everyone. everyone or if, you don't, if you're not too worried about spoilers, I guess. True. Like, yeah, exactly. If you're not, not too worried about it, watch The Wire season one at least. I should probably do that. Um, but yes, he he informed us that uh, that that we should probably say that. He wanted his free plug, which is fine. There's your plug, Broad. That's fine. Um, we like we like Broad and Damask. They're cool. Dude. We, They're cool people. We do. So yeah, we do. They get a plug, and they know their shit. You should go and listen to them. Um, 
they've done some really really great shows um all their episodes are great they're focusing on a lot of uh really interesting shows really good stuff that i like um and also some stuff that i'm not really interested in but i listen to anyway um like most of the marvel defenders <laughs> series i yeah i'll try to watch defenders one day yeah, like like I mean, like the defenders as a whole. Like I'm like I'm not gonna. Oh, watch. okay. Like I like oh, yeah. Jessica Jones too. Yes, sign me up. I'm ready for it. But yeah. See, I'm I'm holding off until we know the full story before the um, David Tan stuff. Yeah, I guess I'm still excited. It's, he's dead. Let him be dead. It's gonna be flashbacks. It's gonna be like psychosisy stuff. That's he's gonna I be there so. mentally. Like, like that's that's the thing. It's still gonna play on her. You can't just walk away from that I kind hate. of shit. Anyway, we digress. Uh, Brod asks us this week, uh, what is the solution to games being microtransaction and loot boxed to death? Would you be okay with the base price of games being higher if it meant not having in-game purchases being pushed on you? Or would you accept less detailed AAA games to lower production budgets? Oh boy, there's a lot to unpack in that one. Um... Where do we start? (laughs) Okay, so... Yeah, microtransactions are definitely a problem because games are expensive. That's just a thing. I know, like... How how that all shakes out ultimately comes down to the publisher. But Mm. it's hard to feel sorry for these guys when they made these budgets exploit themselves. Right. not Not only with how much it costs to make the game but even just ridiculous marketing costs yeah like i mean as as like cool as it is to see some of the like weird marketing things it's like well you could have saved a lot of money by not doing that especially if it's a game that you know is going to sell relatively well um yeah like i'll, I'll always understand wanting to reach a bigger audience don't get course. me wrong oh, absolutely but Oh, the other problem I also have is EA, when they originally cut off the loot box stuff, Battlefront 2 just temporarily, air quotes. Yeah. Uh, I remember them telling their investors it wasn't going to affect their bottom line, right. which makes me wonder how necessary they would they were for the cost of that game. Like, if it's not going to affect how much money they're going to make in the long term. Yeah. Why were the microtransactions there besides, I guess, just bonus greed? Yeah, just to be fucking super greedy. Um, Brod also yeah. did give us a, uh, a bit of like point of reference video that he obviously watched and, um, and was sort of using it as a reference point and jumping off point from, uh, extra credits, which I had not watched before. Um, you said you, you've they watched make good stuff. some, some of their, their content before. Um, yeah, but I watched this particular episode, uh, and they're basically saying about how like for starters, the price of games should be more than, and they were talking obviously in US terms, $60. So like ninety to hundred for us, I guess eighty to ninety to hundred, within that range. But say like you know US sixty dollars, that price should they shouldn't be that price. They should be for starters with in terms of inflation, since like they made that the price in the PS three three sixty era, um, that should be um, inflated since then. But obviously it's not going to inflate to a, a massive like you know two hundred and twenty dollars for a game. Um, but the reason why we got things like DLC and then like games as a service games and then microtransaction loot boxes is that they needed to justify the price staying at that price. 
So they basically the video was saying um, that DLC came from like you know trying to get a little bit more money by releasing a bit more extra content for players to buy after they'd already bought that game that cost a lot more money to make. Um, but then obviously the DLC costs money to make as well, so that sort of like shot itself in the foot. But then the games of service thing in terms of like releasing map packs, which are a lot easier to produce, but then that's sort of fallen off in terms of like, you know, the games of a service has sort of taken over the thing now. Uh, and that sort of got boiled down into microtransactions and then loot boxes. Um, so yeah, yeah. And, and they were saying that the, the game shouldn't be $60. They probably should be a little bit more $60 us, uh, a little bit more than that to cover that cost. And I think that's where Rob was saying about like, you know, would you accept, uh, would you be okay with the base price of games being higher? Um, or would you accept less detailed AAA games to lower production budgets? I mean, heck let's open up this can of worms with another can of worms. Okay. I'll pay more for my video games. If video game publishers treat their developers less like shit. That's it. Like I'm pretty there sh- was the article yeah. going around this week from a game informer writer who I follow on Twitter, which is all about the crunch. And it's a really good read. I recommend hitting it up because I would pay more if like, if those developers, maybe if they had to unionize, actually get together and mm-hmm. maybe that would, if they had to charge more for video games there, then sure I'd do it. But I, I, I do agree that games probably should be more expensive. Yeah. But you even Monster Hunter World this week was 109 at EB Games. Yeah. The problem then becomes you've got all the department stores that come in and go 79 just Absolutely. undercut because yeah. they can. They just buy in bulk and go, we'll sell it for less. And then you have to wonder if that, if even if games were more expensive, would that still be affected, or would they just find a way to undercut still? Like, it's yeah. so tricky. It is. It's really it, tricky. It's a minefield. It is. It sucks because obviously, I mean, it depends on what you're talking about detailed wise. Like, if you're talking like, like graphic fidelity wise, I I wouldn't have too much of a problem with that as long as the game played well and the game was still fun. Like I, I wouldn't have too much of a problem with that, but man, I mean, there is there are some moments though when you get a game like, say, Breath of the Wild or Horizon Zero Dawn, or fucking Persona Five, where it's like these games look so good, and it's sort of hard to go back and play something like, I don't know, even like try, I, I tried to hook up like my uh, Nintendo sixty four and play Banjo Kazooie on a big TV, and it's like, oh, okay. It's rough. Yeah, I mean, I guess the hard part is as well, some of those older games, the gameplay doesn't hold up. Yeah, true. Like, Banjo-Kazooie is a really good game, but I don't know how it holds up as a platformer. Which is why Ukulele doesn't do so well. But, well, yeah. Uh, that's a whole other thing, isn't Ooh, it? yeah. So many cans of worms being opened right now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, like you said, it is a minefield. It's ridiculous. Um, I get that the I get that the publishers want to make more money. I really do, and currently it seems like microtransactions and loot boxes are a better way to do it. And even though they insist on not being a part of a discussion, you can thank Overwatch for the recent popularity of loot boxes. Absolutely. Heck, look, yeah. Like I said earlier, look at the new cosmetic stuff. There's a reason they inflated all these new items with sprays and icons. Yes. Yeah. 
So he would buy those loot boxes and get maybe sprays and icons instead of the skins that you wanted or the emotes you wanted. Yeah. And I guess in a way, even though I do think that Overwatch should probably look at itself for its loot box stuff and how it operates, but they all their updates are free. So exactly. that's not, that doesn't, exact, Blizzard doesn't exactly just not pay its employees for that. Yeah. So it, it's hard. I can see both sides in some cases. Battlefront 2, I cannot. No, that's just EA being not. greedy and evil. No, that, that's, that's fuck. I don't even want to talk about that. But I mean, if you want to talk about like ways you can get around, like, like still support developers and things like that for something that they've made. I mean, if you look at something like Doki Doki Literature Club, that was a free game that got put out. But if you wanted to support Team Salvato, you could buy the $9.99 US like fan supporters pack, which got you a whole bunch of wallpapers and the soundtrack. Uh, which, if you wanted to do that and support them and go, I really appreciate what you made, I want to give you money... They're like, all right, cool. We'll give you a couple of little things, but you know, if you want to say thanks, that's the way to do it. Um, even like with mobile games, like if you get like a game that's free, I've seen games that have been like free mobile games. You don't have to pay anything if you don't want, but if you want to support the developers, you can just go two ninety nine. It sends it to them. They get that money. You don't get anything for it, but also you're not paying for the game in the first place. So you're essentially just going, I am agreeing to pay for this game now. Um, yeah, which is a cool idea, um, and even even it, like it, it's like a game that like might be like you know you it, you've paid for, but there'll be in app purchases where it's like all right, you can get this extra thing, ninety nine cents, go for it. If you want it, it's fine. It's not going to impact you playing the game. You've already paid for it, but if you want to say thanks, that's how you do it. Um, a lot of half brick stuff did that, I think, as well. Yeah, mm. it's it's such a tough situation to find a solution for because as we get higher fidelity graphics. Mm-hmm. Budgets are going to get higher. Dev teams are going to like bloat even further as you need more artists and composers and designers and script writers and all that other stuff yeah. to make these ridiculously highly detailed games work. And as video games and- are getting to a point now where they are so much more widely popular, like the, the industry is growing at such a rapid pace at the moment. Um, deadlines are going to get shorter and shorter because it, these companies are going to want their games out sooner so they can push them onto and yeah that's where the crunch comes back in exactly the and i would happily pay more for a game if it just if they treated their developers better yeah maybe let them see their families more often maybe, and maybe. again i do recommend seeking out that game informer piece it's yeah i must do got that. some good points about especially how some publishers will sort of use for crunch as a selling point like remember when destiny 2 was revealed and they had that really awkward joke about the developers slaving away to try and get the game ready for launch in september oh. and everyone was sort of like oh this is really awkward guys. that's not a thing crunch to joke about yeah it's oh, like i i think maybe like you said it before about maybe that like you know all the developers should like maybe try and unionize um i mean and then that that might cost publishers more but if and then if they put the game price up I'd be more willing to sort of buy yeah. it. But I mean, like it, it, like the unionization thing worked for the, eventually for the voice actors. Exactly. So, I mean, and... that you would think that they were, that maybe like a whole bunch of developers would be looking at that going, if it worked for them, maybe it can work for us. Um, if we, yeah, if we they, I just think it. they might be scared and I don't blame yeah, them. Absolutely. Because 
studios get shut down on a whim these days. Yeah. Heck, Bioware's over there sweating because if Anthem doesn't do well, it could be it. Yep. So, like, it's it's tough and scary. And again, I would absolutely be willing to pay a little bit more for security for the for the developers. And if it keeps the publishers happy and maybe they ease up on the ridiculous microtransactions, that would be a bonus yeah. as well. Yeah, if you make them, like, a little less egregious... Like if you yeah, if you make if you made it look like like I mean like Overwatch is the example of it. I know, I'm not trying to defend and say no, Overwatch got it right, but like I mean, because it is a bit exploited. It let's is. Be honest yeah. here. it's it's probably the best iteration of it. Like you know, the best of it's one of the better ones. Yes, yeah, the lesser of about eight thousand evils. Um, most of which are EA. Yeah, yeah. And the rest are actually the rest of Activision. Yeah. Part, like not, yeah. not the Blizzard part, the Activision part with Destiny. And maybe like a little bit of Warner Brothers in there as well. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Warner yeah, Brothers. Well, they don't get off the have hook. Have sinned their fair amount. Yeah, just, because they, just because they said theirs first and then everyone else's came afterwards and it was much worse. They don't get off the hook either. Yeah. Um, no, no. They should definitely be held accountable for their terrible decisions. But yeah, like, I mean, you, you don't want to be like an apologist for loot boxes or anything like that, especially in this day and age. But I mean, Blizzard, it's like, like you said, all their content updates, like to the actual game itself, are free. The things that you're paying for are completely cosmetic. And I guess that goes back to like, uh, like Valve with Dota. Because I, that, as far as I know, that Dota is all the things that you buy are cosmetic, uh, cosmetic, and like in terms of like things like the compendium, that the money from some of the money from that goes towards the top players for the 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 invitational. So the the money is getting funneled back into that, and the same Overwatch has done that as well. Like that with like the uh, Overwatch League skins, do you buy that? Some of that money yeah. goes to those teams. So, which is cool. It's a cool idea. Yeah. But obviously, Blizzard are going to take a cut from that as well, which yes, which do. is totally understandable. Um, but that's that's essentially like buying a digital scarf or a digital beanie or a digital like Guernsey that you can wear to support your team while you're playing the game. You're supporting your team, um, and it's like going to the match and wearing your scarf, like going to the like the AFL and like supporting your team's scarf and wearing that. Um. So I don't know, but obviously that's a very situational thing because Overwatch is a, a competitive game that you can market into, like having a an entire league around it. Absolutely, and and Overwatch is definitely a games as a service example. Oh, for sure, like this is a game that they'll just keep adding to. Yep, at no extra cost to us, they'll just occasionally be like, "Hey, maybe you should buy some loot boxes." And and I I think it is always worth mentioning that when they were forced to disclose their drop percentages mm-hmm. i think it was in china because yep. of a law yep they found a loophole to then take away that information and hey that's just a little bit sus guys yeah it's a it's not even suspicious because as a player of overwatch and opened my fair share of loot boxes i know that there's something shitty going on behind that probably a couple of sprays and some some icons that you yep. don't want yep it'll be some currency two sprays and a player icon i've already got so cool uh but yeah yeah i mean but ultimately like if if it's to end egregious invasive microtransactions yeah i'd I'd pay a little bit extra for my video games i think i would too i like yeah i don't know if it would fix it because i'll always want more money <laughs> yeah but because it, they'll get that extra money and be like cool we're fine now let's go to the next level and it's like no okay yeah how can we get money now yeah 
anyway but uh yeah that's a it's a it's a real delicate subject there broad that you've uh brought to the table but we appreciate that because we like that kind of stuff to talk about and break down on yeah. the show so i hope we've I, done it justice i think it's so interesting to fi- to think that ea have just they've made the term loot box poisonous yeah I mean, it was already a little when bit, was, like, sketchy. Everyone was like, oh, loot boxes, yeah. you little rascals. But now, like, yeah, it's it's a, it's a dirty yeah, word. Gone and, they've gone and screwed it oh, completely. Among other things. To a point where when when Fighters was revealed to have a form of loot box, the internet lost its mind. Yeah, but they're, they're fine. It's, it's all in-game yeah, stuff. Well, they are in-game currency, and it's just weird little cosmetic stuff you don't need. But the big thing is there. Like, you earn them in-game plentifully like it's not like they go hey give us money maybe there was a system before this all blew up where they would expect real money maybe it's not there now yeah it's definitely not there now but i mean like it is a fighting game as well you you know there's going to be like updates to the roster they're going to come oh there's a season pass exactly eight new characters exactly (laughs) um yeah hmm it's tricky i don't envy the people up higher in the publishers that have to make these choices but yeah, like I said earlier, if it would end horrible, evil microtransactions, or at least like cut them back, yeah, I'd pay yeah. some extra cash. Also, EA, yeah, how do you fuck up Star Wars? That's a whole separate topic. Oh, it's at I know, length been discussed, I know. It's just, and it, you can't make sense of it. EA as just fucking, oh, but, really dumb. But here's the thing, Joel. They sold heaps of copies of Battlefront 2, so they didn't screw it up. They made lots of money. If they, they they screwed it up in terms of like releasing a product that is like of a sta- a good quality and standard. But anyway, I'm getting yes, yeah. but they made their money. Fucking pieces of shit. Um. All right. I think before I get like old man yells at cloud on EA. Um. Let's <laughs> time to wrap this one up. I think, guard. It's okay. We can always yell at EA next week. I'm sure there'll be something to yell at them for. Oh, yeah, either that or Bungie. Who fucking knows? Always something to yell at Bungie for as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll stick a pin in it because it is late now. It is, yeah. Uh, so, as always, thank you all for listening to this week's episode of Dialogue Options. We do appreciate it if you've reached this point. Uh, if you want to keep up with us, you can find us on both Facebook and Twitter where we are just dialogue options, which is, you know, pretty self-explanatory. Uh, if you want to, you know, whatever pod for, podcast platform of choice you listen to us on, whether it's Podbean or Podchaser or iTunes or whatever it is, feel free to chuck us some stars, some thumbs, a share, a like. Just spread the word, spread the good word about how cool we are because we do appreciate it and it helps. Uh, if you want to follow us individually on Twitter, you can find me on Twitter at LemonManX, where I've mostly just been tweeting about fighters, unsurprisingly, and also uh, coming to terms with the end of Super still in a couple yeah. of months still hurts. Yep. Uh, where can I find you, Joel? Uh, you can find me at JollyMac, where uh, I basically, just to go back uh, before we were talking about like you know third-party support on the Switch, uh uh, Vooks, uh, the popular Nintendo uh, journalist, uh, and just basically Australia's Nintendo yeah, PR department, yeah. the, the go-to guy for Nintendo in Australia, who's amazing. Uh, he released a, uh, uh, he put up a tweet going, uh, "Devs and publishers are on Switch. A timeline: October 16. Oh look, a new Nintendo. Wowee! 
January seventeen, uh, January uh, twenty seventeen. The switch, this switch could be good, but the Wii U burned. June twenty seventeen. Maybe we'll port some of our old stuff. September twenty seventeen, and it's a picture of like you know the hand smacking the button like that, but it just says <laughs> port on the button. <laughs> I have seen that. It's great. So that that's that's all I've done this week. I haven't tweeted much this week. I tweeted about last Speaking day of June. Of ports, so, Joel, yeah. Did you see they um that Bethesda announced the studio doing the Wolfenstein two port? Yeah, it's the Switch. Yeah, it's the same from the Skyrim guys, isn't it? No. Yeah. yeah. Oh, did pan- they do Skyrim as well? The panic button guys. Panic button. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Yeah. So they have the guys doing the Wolfenstein port. Fuck yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I I uh, they've done a few things in the past that I've enjoyed, so it's in good hands. Is it panic button? Did they do the Ruby Grim Eclipse port? I think they did. I think they did, yeah. That's why it's stuck uh, in my brain at the moment. They aren't completely perfect because I'm pretty sure they did the not-so-great port of the Silent Hill HD collection, oh, I think. Okay. But Skyrim looked good. Ruby was pretty good. So I'm pretty confident they'll, they'll I, I, get this done. I don't know if it was the Skyrim guys as well. Don't hold me to that. But... Oh. Let's do a quick a bit of on-the-spot research. Oh, on-the-spot research... That's the theme song. So they did Doom. They did Doom on Switch. They did Doom. That's what it was. Yeah. I knew it was one of those like re-release ports that was pretty well done. So yeah, Doom, that makes sense. They also did a Rocket League for Switch. Oh, fuck yeah. I still need to get to that. So they've got a bit of of experience with the Switch um, hardware. So yeah, this this could be good. Awesome. All right. Fuck yeah. Good news. Good news. I will buy Wolfenstein 2 on Switch when it comes out, presumably this year. I might buy it again. We'll see how it goes. Take us home, Kyron. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Uh, we'll let our wonderful theme song by Azura Flux strike witches, get bitches, take us out, and we'll catch you guys next week. Bye. See ya. <laughs>